You're listening to the Northern Hunter Podcast, home of all things hunting, fishing, and outdoors in Alaska. Hey guys, quick update just before we start the show. If you were looking to go into the Fairbanks AC Game and Trap Subcommittee meeting to discuss proposed changes to the regs for the interior region and beyond, the meeting has been moved from its original date and is now going to take place April 6th at the ADF&G Conference Room at 6 p.m. This meeting is not to implement proposals to the regs, but for them to meet with the public and figure out which proposals the subcommittee and the Fairbanks AC will be supporting at the actual board and game meeting later this year. The deadline for all proposals is May 1st, so even if you can't make it to the meeting, you've still got a little time. If you wish to submit any proposals to be discussed, follow the link in the show notes and get instructions and make your voice heard. Remember, the more people we get involved in the regulatory process, the more control we have over our own resources. So, enjoy the show. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is James Payne, and I'll be your host, and I am joined here with my co-host, Dalton Gray. Hello, how are you? And Mariah Humphreys. Good evening. Evening. All right, guys, we are going to have a really cool episode for you today. We are talking about the most important aspect of any outdoorsman's lifestyle, and that is planning your summer. Right. For those of you uh, up here already, you know this for a fact, but for those of you that aren't, we have very short summers here in Alaska. Yes. And you have to prioritize and utilize every second of it that you can, because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to be super excited for breakup season and really surprised when the snow hits and you didn't get anything done. Yeah. So we're going to talk to you about planning your hunts, prioritizing them, how to look at all the seasons and everything like that, and looking up logistics and which logistics you should focus on for particular kinds of hunts. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be really exciting. But before we get to that, we have a very exciting announcement for you. Well, I, I have and two exciting announcements, two? James. Yes. Well, right. And two exciting announcements. So okay. we, we have gotten two new sponsors, and I will let Dalton take that away. Yeah, sponsors, affiliates, partners, wh- whatever you want to label them as. The first one I want to talk about is Yukon River Knives. Mm-hmm. They are based out of Texas. They are run by a couple of local Texans, and I know what you're thinking. A company named Yukon River Knives run by Texans? Because that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking when I first saw it. <laughs> right. So uh, I'll give it some backstory. Yukon River Knives is owned by two gentlemen, Ron and Jeremy. And uh, Jeremy is a pastor down mm-hmm. in Texas. And uh, Ron is a, a little bit older gentleman who has been in the knife industry for a long, long time. Very skilled in that trade. And uh, they are friends with the family of my guide buddy, Remy, mm-hmm. that I guide with on a regular basis. And he's been my hunting partner for, for the last number of years now. And uh, Remington's dad is a pastor in Alaska. And Yukon River Knives was founded with the idea that a good portion of their profits mm-hmm. go to support the mission's work of Remy's dad. Yep. And so that was where the idea was born, and uh, Jeremy and Ron have done a great job of bringing in some knives and uh, made by a company here in the United States. I believe it's out of Michigan, I think is where the, uh, where the production takes place. And then Yukon River has three flagship models of knives. They have the Hunter, the Small Game, and the ATK, which stands for the Always There Knife. Mm. And the Hunter is your very traditional style of blade, medium size, not too big, not too small. I yeah. wouldn't have any issues taking apart a moose with that knife whatsoever. 
Um, I've actually used it on brown bears before and on some blacktail deer as well, and it works great. They have micarta handles on the hunter and the small game, and uh, it, it has a very good finish to it. It's got a little bit of texture to it, but it feels like a nice hardwood handle mm-hmm. in, in your hand. It's very ergonomically fitted, and uh, they're, they're very good quality steel knives. And the best, well, one of the best parts about this company, aside from their mission, is the uh, the steel quality and the edge retention. Mm-hmm. Remy and I have both talked about for years how impressed we are with the edge retention of these Yukon River knives. And the small game is is a little bit smaller version, obviously, than the Hunter. It's a little bit more compact, and uh, Remy has used it quite a bit, and he, he, he even likes it equally as much as the Hunter. Yep. He's used it on uh, on caribou and uh, and brown bears as well, even for turning toes. Yeah. And the Always There knife is a skeletonized handle, and it is designed to fit in the rifle sling that Yukon River Knives also makes mm-hmm. and sells. And it has a little knife sheath built into the rifle sling, mm-hmm. so it's literally always there. Yep. If you have, if you're a hunter and you have a rifle, which you do, yeah, then you right. always have your knife with your <laughs> rifle, and it's actually a pretty handy little knife. Yeah, I would say the blade looks really nice on that. Yes. So we will be testing the, not testing them, but but using them in the mm-hmm. field. All three of us will be using them yep. on multiple animals this year, I'm sure, and for years to come, and. One of the nicest things about them is their price point. These three knives come in at a very affordable price point when compared to other knives in the industry. Yeah, Um, and I was going to point that out. Especially U.S.-based companies. If you're looking at a Benchmade or anything like that, you know, I mean, you're going to be paying not anything more than yeah. that for these and they're they're phenomenal yes so yes most of the bench made and e- even another company that's really come onto the scene pretty strongly in the last couple of years has been montana knife company mm-hmm. they make great knives too and so does Benchmade. and i have knives from Benchmade, and they are high quality and they do work very well yeah um but they are i i don't think i've ever paid anything less than 30 percent more than the hunter costs right for a Benchmade knife yep and some of them I've paid well over double what the hunter costs. It's not and, hard to do. And, uh, you know, the, these, these Yukon River knives, they're, like I said, they're built very, very well, high quality knife, great company to work with, and a great mission to support. So the Northern <laughs> Hunter podcast will have a discount code uh, that'll be live by this, uh, but by the time this show comes out, mm-hmm. we're, we're preemptively recording this by a little bit. Um, but the discount code will be the Northern Hunter. And just like we've been advertising for the last number of episodes yep. about Ryan Lampers and yep. Stealthy Hunter, yep. using the same discount code at checkout, that'll apply a generous discount to your Yukon River Knife order. And it'll also help support our show and, and uh, allow us to keep doing what we're doing. It, it helps support the show and it really helps support this company. Yes. You know, I mean, they, the, the one thing I like ab- about this company is just, it just seems genuine. Yes. You, you yeah. know, I mean, when you're looking... They're very real people. You, you know, in the, in the hunting world, when you're looking at getting different equipment for different pr- purposes, you know, it's easy to get swamped up with these big companies and yeah. these big, you know, industries and yeah. kind of your knife is just another production that was, right. you know, printed out and right. you're, you know, you're whatever you're you're trying to buy. But this is yeah. like a legitimate, like, yeah. like real down-to-earth American yeah. shop and they have a great mission. So, yeah. so they have a good exactly. price, but what is the discount amount? Um, I believe it's going to be 
fifteen percent. Fifteen percent, which is a very lot generous. more than most discounts are yeah. going to get you anywhere yeah. else. So we are really happy to be working with them now. Uh, just to give listeners a um, a reference for, I mean, we were talking about prices. The hunter is only one hundred and eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. And the small game is 150 and the ATK is only $100. Yeah. And I can tell you from personal experience and from watching Remington use these for the last number of years, they are worth every red penny that you're going to pay for these knives mm-hmm. and much more. Mm-hmm. They are great knives. Now, Yukon River also sells the Sendero Bush knife, the Sendero Classic, the Kitchen Camp Chef knife, the Processing knife, the Green River Skinner, which is more of like a fleshing blade that I will be using this year for brown bears for sure. The Companion Knife. And they also have a Mini Ulu. They sell the ATK Rifle Sling that, that will uh, go yep. well with your ATK knife. Yep. And that sling is $150. Really, really high quality leather uh, rifle sling. Mm. And then they have a couple of axes and hatchets available as well. And uh, they sell a, uh, a diamond single fold sharpener, which is what I use in the mm-hmm. field to resharpen my blades on, while, while on a hunt. So go check out Yukon River Knives, YRK, at oh, their website. They've and got a really cool looking knife poster. we got to get one of those for the studio. Yes, yeah. they, they have They have a knife poster that we'll be adding to our decor. Yep. Yep. No and, and that is yukonriverknives.com. Correct. Straight up. And if you just type that into your web browser, they'll be the first, they'll be the first result to come up. Yep. And, I'll put uh, a link in the description. Excellent. Yeah. And then, like I said, at checkout to get that discount uh, through the show, just use the promo code the Northern Hunter, mm-hmm. no caps, no space. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll get that discount code. Now, this other one. Yes. I am very excited for the this The other one, one I have been because, working with this company for years. And I have been using this company for years. Yeah. So, <laughs> so th- this is a company that has aided in the taking of hundreds and hundreds of bears yes. across the yeah. United States, yep. but especially Alaska. And we've all... We've all killed bears all using bears. these yeah. products. <laughs> Multiple bears. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the company is... Dun, da, 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 Batum 907 Lures and Attractants. Yep. We are really excited for this one. Uh, we have, I don't know if we've mentioned too much on the podcast. We haven't really done a bear baiting episode. That'll be coming up soon here. And then most of our spring episodes are going to be, uh, well, really every episode is going to have a (laughs) weekly recap and update (laughs) of our aspect of bear baiting in it. We are all obsessed with it. We all live for spring bear baiting. So Batum 907, uh, if you look up just Batum 907 bear attractants, that's the website that comes up. And uh, Jess lives in Alaska, and I have talked with her for years. She has sent me a lot of stuff to test out, been very generous, and uh, has always, always been very helpful. Uh, and she she experiments a lot with a lot of different products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the other thing that's cool is she works with local hunters, too, yes. to, to like figure yes. out with them exactly what works. Yes. She, she has worked in great extent with Tyler Friel, doing mm-hmm. a lot of testing through him. I've, I've used a lot of her stuff. My personal favorite scent that she I was, makes I was is, say, what is your favorite? Nasty Boar. I love that stuff. Nasty well, Boar <laughs> makes you want to throw up. It makes you want to throw up when you open the can uh, of it. Yeah. But it flat out works. I was going to say, I love it for how it works. Yes. But, man, if that stuff doesn't chap your lips, man. Oh, oh it, it makes brother, your eyes water, chaps your lips. It makes your it throat dry. Strong. It is nasty. 
it's uh, it actually it, it's very similar smelling but much stronger than the trapping lure called mm-hmm. Magnum Martin. Okay, is what I have found. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, no, 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 not Magnum Martin. Gusto. I'll maybe. say. I thought you were going to say Gusto. I think it's Gusto. Like, then you said yes. Magnum <laughs> Martin, and I'm going. I got that wrong. <laughs> I think it's Gusto because yeah. I was walking through Frontier Outfitters mm-hmm. not too long ago, and I walked by uh, an aisle that had some products on it for yeah. trapping, and I thought, "Ooh, I, do I smell nasty boar?" And I walked <laughs> over there and I picked up a jar, and I think it was Gusto. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know if they had Gusto. Gusto's pretty strong. I wouldn't see them having that in well, the store. Whatever it was, it was some kind of a trapping lure. But yeah. anyway. It's that type of really, really potently <laughs> strong Actually, lure. The funny thing about uh, uh, Nasty Boar, so I I was down in Wasilla at one point, mm-hmm. uh, several years ago now, but and I went to Screaming Eagle, yeah, the store they have down there, and they're the di- archery they're, store. They're a distributor, and uh, so I went in there just to grab some stuff on my way home, yeah, and I grabbed up you know some some anise and some you know a couple other things and some uh, some sow sow urine um and man i walked up and i'm like man you guys don't have any nasty boar and they're like they got these big eyes they're like you want nasty boar <laughs> i was like i would love some nasty boar and i'm here like, for the good stuff they're like hold on we got to go outside <laughs> like they literally <laughs> stored it outside in a connex because yeah. they didn't want it in their store it's that strong my so. first experience with nasty boar just sent me a package well she, she sent me a box uh, several years ago now and Inside this box was several, about gallon size, I guess, and they were sealed, non-see-through, like foil-type material with a Ziploc, and then they were sealed on the top. And inside was a small canister of something. And I had this in my house, and I thought, (laughs) well, I wonder what's in this bag that's unmarked. And I opened it up. I didn't open the jar. Yeah. I just opened up the bag that contained said jar, Yo. and my entire house smelled like nasty boar <laughs> for 10 days. So don't open it in your my house. My wife people. got home later on that evening, and she was absolutely floored, <laughs> and she said, why does my house smell like this? What is that smell? Did the toilet back up? It was, it was a terrible smell, and so, I said, no, I didn't know what it was, yeah. and then after that, I would take that out to the bear bait, but then um, to store it because I didn't use an entire jar at once, mm-hmm. obviously. And, then, you don't need and, to. And, and this was a nasty boar paste, I should say. Yeah. This comes in a little glass jar. Yeah. I believe she has the bait balls that you hang up in the trees. She yes. has the spray and the paste. Well, and, 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 very, and, and she has like the little um, crystals well, and, that, that you can yeah. get in the, in the, and, and that varies uh, one per pound year bags. depending on what, what year it is. Sometimes she does yeah. the paste, sometimes she doesn't. But I, yeah. I know that typically those are the. So that, so that paste. I would take it into the bear bait and then mm-hmm. freshen it up with, with a nice little stick and just put a little twig in there, mix yeah. it up, and then put some of that paste up on a tree somewhere just mm-hmm. to get that scent in the area. And that's all you need. You just need a little bit. Yeah. And I would, uh, I, you know, I want to take this stuff home, right? So I put it in a Ziploc bag and just threw it in the bed of my truck. Yeah. And I would get out in the morning to go to work every day, and my entire yard just smelled like nasty boar. So I, I, I tried and tried and tried to put that inside of something that it wouldn't smell through, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do it. My record, I got up to 10 Ziploc bags. Ziploc bag inside of Ziploc bag inside of Ziploc bag, and it still stunk like nasty boar. Yep. And it stunk so bad that if you even touched the Ziploc bags without gloves on, <laughs> your hands smelled like nasty boar. So it works, people. Yeah. 
But that that scent, uh, it, it works awesome. It overpowers your bait. Yeah. And I have I I can't tell you how many times I've had bears that are tentative about coming in, mm-hmm. and I freshen it up with nasty boar, and they show back up, and they just zip right in on a yeah. beeline. And uh, it it works awesome. Well, and I'm going to bounce off of that, and kind of the the other end of it is her the black bear sow and heat. Yes. works really well as yes. well. It it comes in little. It's a little jar um, or a big jar. She has two sizes, but it's the same concept. It's just a sealed. Mm-hmm. Um, sealed jar and you take it out there and it comes in little little gel pellets basically yeah and you just take yourself a stick and you just kind of spread it around at the like the base of a tree and yeah. around the base of the barrel and everything like that and that i've seen that bring them in on a string too yeah. i mean that'll, that'll yeah. take a, a bait especially once you get into later season and she makes when they, that when they're yes in, she makes that sow and heat also in that one pound uh, bag of crystals it, yeah it's, it's like yep. a sugary type substance that you can just spread all over the ground yep. And the bears track it through the woods, exactly. and that helps bring other bears back in. Yep, and and they love that stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll say is is her her bait balls. Yes, last the longest out of any brand they're, I they're have really tried. Good. Yes. Yeah. Um, one yeah. they smell the best. Yeah, and and two, I mean, as far as like actually lasting, they she yeah. actually uses good string on them, not mm-hmm. like that cheap little yeah. little string. She has a like, good twine that yeah. goes on there. Hefty. Um, you know, they don't just wash away in the rain. They yep. don't, you know, I mean, it's, it's, they last very long. And for folks that aren't aware of what these scent balls are, is what mm. we just call them. Um, a lot of times I just call them yo-yos. Mm-hmm. So if well, you she imagine. she has the big ones too. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. She has like the, it, it looks like an oversized wax ball. Yeah. It's probably what, 10 inches around? Something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that just hangs off of a string that you can hang up in a tree. Yep. I use the yo-yos a lot because I can, I can just They're throw like them smaller. I can throw them all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, if you imagine like uh, something, if you were to cut a tennis ball in half, mm-hmm. it's two of those on either end of a string, probably what, 10 inches long. Something like that. And you take them out of the bag and you you know have them both in your hand and you just throw them up into a tree and they wrap themselves around a branch or something like that. Yeah. And then that, you know, obviously that scent gets blown around in the breeze and when it rains, it doesn't kill the scent. Yep. It the water drips off of those yo-yo ends, mm-hmm. and the water drips down into the dirt, and the mm-hmm. bears eat the dirt. Yeah, yep. I have yep. seen them they tear love that dirt apart. And I have thrown yo-yos in trees that the trees didn't end up faring so well because yeah. the bears got to it. <laughs> yeah. I've had bears rip trees down yeah. to get to the yo-yos. We were just looking at a picture before. Yeah, we started. The, yeah, yeah. The podcast of, of a tree that was torn down. <laughs> you know what? Quick side note. The funniest thing I ever saw was a squirrel running off with a yo-yo sticking oh, out of his mouth. I was just yeah, going to yeah. say. Last we, year. We should. I don't know if you still have that video, but. I, I might. That thing was falling all over the place. <laughs> the, there, there was a tiny little red squirrel that had come into the bait. And obviously, there's always always going to be squirrels on bear baits, at least that we have. Yeah. And this squirrel had gone up there and knocked the yo-yos out of the tree, and I think he'd chewed through the string or something. Mm-hmm. And he had one of them up in his mouth, <laughs> and he was trying to stumble <laughs> his way through the trees. And I, you can't help but make commentary about this right. while you're in the tree stand, just bored, waiting for a bear to come in. And I said, can you imagine when he gets that thing down in his little den and a bear finds it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's going to have his whole house excavated by a poor bear. squirrel. The man. poor squirrel doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, so, that was hilarious. I was going to say the the uh, the kind of the stuff from Batum 907 that I really like. I love the products you guys talked about. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, what you haven't talked about yet is like the sprays and the yes. berry smells and all oh, that sweet. Yeah. Like you yeah. mentioned, the anise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and getting those in like the the spray and the in like mm-hmm. the can of the gel. Yeah. Or, or a, yep. like, a paste. Yeah. Paste or yeah. it's kind of more of a. It's almost like a wax. It's pretty thick. Yeah. Uh, you kind of got to warm it up sometimes, but uh, to get it out. But yeah, are, are you talking about the tar? Yeah, that's yeah, it. The tar. The yeah. tar. Yeah, the bear yeah. tar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, that and that's, stuff's awesome. I love that's that really stuff for the early baits because. That's what they're looking for mm-hmm. early in the spring, and it gets mm-hmm. us really sweet. You know, they got she's got the blueberry and the she's oh, got. I don't remember uh, what all the smells frost are. Frostbite, I think. Is that, so, is that a new one? I mean, she's got like fifteen. It's, it, it, different. it's new as of a couple yeah. of years ago. It's it's been a few years since um, I've bear baited a lot. I'll so. look. Uh, but and, and anyway, though, yeah. So we are partnered with Baitum Nine Hundred Seven. We don't have a discount code through them, but uh, we are. Um, partnered with that company and we are really excited for that uh let's see here bear tar and a quart i'm gonna look at 35 here different flavors of spray frostbite yeah that's that's, that's the one that i used when com- i used it <laughs> yeah frostbite is the scent that i used in that tar yeah. a couple of years ago and the bears loved it and I, I killed a big bear i yeah i killed a really big black bear yeah. over a bait that i used that on anise apple apple jacks bacon uh, bear claw, the beaver estrus, caster, blueberry. Yeah. I mean, yep. cherry, beaver caster. Candy, beaver caster is really, really good. Cupcake addiction, final dessert. Yeah, there's frostbite, fruity rubble, huckleberry. I mean, yeah. anything. Uh, my wife, and probably because she's from Michigan, but she really loves the Michigan mash. Yeah, and, and it, a, it works. That's a really it works good too. Scent. Yeah, yep. I've used that molasses cookie, well. natural honey. Man, there's everything you can think of in here. Now, the one that so. she uh, she actually uh, collabed, well, not collabed, but Tyler Friel helped her develop this particular one, and this is one of my favorites too. <laughs> it's estrus powder. It's that little uh, crystal, mm-hmm. and it's a very unique name. It's, <laughs> I was debating on bringing it up. <laughs> it's called stripper glitter. Yeah. <laughs> It does work. Uh, I, I used a couple of pounds of that powder at the bait last year yeah. where I shot that, that yeah. monster boar off of it. Yeah. Um, you know, techni- you don't have to have just one scent at a bear bait. Oh, absolutely. I not. run at least three or four different ones at mm-hmm. every bait. It yeah. just, you know, I, I, I've had good luck with all of them so far. I haven't yeah. found one that doesn't work, but my favorite yeah. is by far. Uh, nasty boar. Yeah. The other thing I want to touch on really quick before we move on from this is the uh, the burn formulas. Oh yeah. A lot of people don't know about burn formulas for a bear bait. Mm-hmm. You can use like a little sterno stove yep. type of a fuel and just put a uh, put a coffee can on yep. top of an old sterno stove. That's fuel. exactly what I do. And uh, you know you don't want to light the forest on fire. Mm-hmm. Be responsible with that. But uh, my favorite burn formula is cupcake addiction yeah that has killed a couple of bears for me or mm-hmm. brought them in for yeah. for, right. me, for me to do the shooting and uh so the, the burn formula is basically as it heats that burn formula up that comes in a little bottle it's, it's like a syrup it yeah yeah it's a very syrupy compound and it just simmers it yep. and it just you get like a little bit of a mist or a steam coming out mm-hmm. of that coming out of that uh, coffee can and then when you're done if you haven't burned it all up if you're going to leave for the night then you just take that can over to the bait and dump it on the food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they like it just fine. And so, and, and honestly, that's been th- that can be a huge game changer. Oh, if and you're, she, if she sitting, does sell sterno folding stoves too. Yeah, if you're sitting on a bait that you know there's bears in the area, but you just can't get them to come in. I mean, running a burn like that, especially one of those like 
like the cupcake addiction or, or I mean, she has bacon scented ones and mm-hmm. all kinds of different stuff that can, can flip the switch, honestly, yeah. and that'll yeah. bring them in. If you have a bear that's being tentative about wanting to come in and he, do, you know, he's being, he's hemming and hawing. A lot of times I've had it where, um, if I have a bear that's, like I said, he's not yeah. real sure about something. He can smell you. He smells something's not right. Or he saw you. Yeah. I have literally had bears bust me run out and then circle the bait for over an hour and then i light up a burn formula and this particular one i'm talking about 10 minutes after i lit it up mm-hmm. came straight into the bait and i shot him yeah so I, it, it's kind of an improvement if, if you've talked to old old time bear baiters you know a lot of times they would use honey or things like that honey or, or bacon bacon yeah things like you and know, those were yeah. always really good too always yeah. really good and this is just kind but of these a, work better one it's it's a little bit of an improved uh formula you can get more sense and more more variations but you know, the other thing is it's a little bit more, I guess, packable. Yeah, it you comes, know, it comes it's designed, in a nice, it comes in, you know, comes in what, a bottle or something? Yep, little, little, I, I think it's a 16 to, ounce uh, bottle and that it's advertised to burn for, I mean, I, I want to say it's like eight hours or some crazy. Oh, like, boy. I, yeah. So what you do is you fry longer, your bacon, it's, it's longer than the bacon, sterno. It's longer than the sterno. And then you get the, the bacon smell from 907. <laughs> on there. Yeah, yeah. Or mix and match. I have to correct myself. I said that she sells Sterno stoves. She does not. She had a picture of them in one of the ads for, oh, okay. the, uh, for the burn formulas, and yeah. I, I, I spoke too soon. But Anyway, so yeah, go check out the Batum 907 attractants from yep. the local Alaska company and order what you need for your bear bait. Yep. Now is when you need to be ordering products for baiting season, yeah. folks. We'll, we'll obviously have a link in the, in the description, but it's uh, yes. Batum907.com. That's bait as in mm-hmm. a bear bait. E-M. 907.com yep. and go buy whatever you need. Yes. So we have a discount code with Stealthy Hunter. We have a discount code with Yukon River Knives. Mm-hmm. And we are sponsored by Beta yes, 907. 907. 907. Yeah. Yes. So, we're, yeah, we They're are really so excited. Good, we don't, you, you don't even need a discount <laughs> code to buy them. No. <laughs> no. Well, and again, it kind of goes back to like with Yukon River Knives, you know, being yep. a, a good down to earth yes. American company. I mean, yes. you know, it, it's, it's, just it's not a big production right it's not something that's mass produced in some other state it's it's made in alaska well, by the, alaskans yeah I, I was actually wanting to park on this just for a minute about our podcast has done um better than uh than i think any of us had projected oh a, sure a couple of months ago probably yeah we, we have grown a lot faster and gained a lot of listeners and it keeps on growing and mm-hmm. we can't say thank you enough oh yeah to all of you listeners yeah. out there we love right. you guys. and all the support and the feedback that we get yep and so i, I you know i i have reached out to uh, these companies for uh for partnerships mm-hmm. and affiliates mm-hmm. that we share values with yeah and it's important to uh to to direct our listeners to companies that are like-minded with us right and these companies and and really i i'm I'm gonna go ahead and say any company that we partner with it's not just we're partnering up with people just because we want income or right to be recognized or to try to grow our brand just because they're popular there that'll are, that'll come. There there yeah. are there are popular brands out there that we won't partner with because we don't share right. values right. with right. them. Yep, exactly. And even if they make a good product, if the company isn't up to par with what we want to be associated yeah. with, then we're not going to partner with them. Exactly. So any company that we partner with, you can have confidence that they are good folks. They're yeah. trying to do the right thing. 
and they make high quality products that we stand behind. Yep. We right. use their stuff. Yeah. We're not going to partner with somebody that we don't use their stuff. Yeah. So anyway, just kind of a short spiel about that. So no, that, that's we, we are really excited for these companies. And we have some more things in the works that we'll announce here in the next few episodes. Yeah. Once and, it comes uh, to, to fruition. Yes. You know, but while we're on the so- subject of how good the podcast is doing, I just wanted to say thanks for those who have left reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Who have left, left, you know, thrown some stars up there. If you're listening, and I know there's a lot of people who do listen who haven't given a review or, 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 or given a rating because mm-hmm. there's not that many ratings. I saw like 15 on Spotify, which is cool. We got 15 five-star yeah. ratings on Spotify. Sure. Um, no, sure. Nothing less, so that's yeah. good. But um, it really, the way that uh, podcasts are put into algorithms and like what pops up for people that they don't mm-hmm. listen to, like if people listen to hunting podcasts, ours isn't necessarily going to pop up based upon listens it gets it sounds crazy but it really a huge thing especially on apple podcasts is is the number of five star ratings Mm -hmm. and so the more it can get it it's not that hard to do jump on there we it'd be great if you would you don't have to yeah you know we're not gonna be mad at you if you don't it would help us out tremendously all you got to do is hit the five star button even better if you want to leave a comment on why you like us or hey if you had a problem with us let us know, yep. you know, yeah. and, and but, that'll, that'll help a lot more people find the show. It'll help a lot more people yeah. get, and uh, get uh, the information another great way that, that we would appreciate is share it with your friends. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of all of our listeners, you know, a, a lot of folks have reached out and said that they love the show and they've told all their friends about it. Yep. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep doing that. Word of mouth is very powerful. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. All right, folks. We all know that one of the most common mishaps in hunting is damage to your rifle scope. Last year, I found the solution to that problem with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. It wraps around your scope and action securely to protect it from getting knocked off of zero or even severely damaged. Stealthy Hunter also has a glassing pad and a wide variety of supplements for the outdoorsman, such as protein powder, CBD products, turmeric, and gut health supplements. They also make a lightweight trauma kit weighing in at just 14 ounces that includes everything you need and nothing you don't for all of your backcountry medical emergencies. To shop all of their equipment and supplements, go to StealthyHunter.com and enter the discount code at checkout, The Northern Hunter, to save on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. I think we've arrived at the main topic. Planning. <laughs> Planning. So everybody probably knows that guy that comes into every <laughs> single summertime with all the big dreams. Well, and, even just springtime. And, or springtime. <laughs> and, yeah. oh, I'm going to get out and do this. And, oh, this is the year. Yeah. And that's kind of how my bear baiting went last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were building a house, too. So that's a little bit of an excuse. There's... there's but there's so many excuses, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, building your own house is kind of right. high right. on that list. Yes. But well, but uh, roof over your family's head but, or bear baiting? It's a tough choice. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> well, I managed to accomplish both. I didn't kill any bears, though. So you yeah. saw a couple, though. Did see some. Yeah, yeah. you had some yeah. good yeah. encounters. Some good ones. Two baits with bears. Just didn't nothing I could kill or was yeah. there. To yeah. Kill one. Right. yeah. But anyway, yeah. So you know. Planning your year out successfully is probably, I'm going to say, one of the most important aspects you can do. Because it doesn't matter if you buy all the right guns, if you buy all the Mm. right backpacks and and clothes. It doesn't matter if you have all the right plans and you go in your maps and you make all these pins and you you have all these spots. If you don't actually go, it doesn't matter. And so, um, 
knowing how and when to sit down and actually put it on paper, put mm. it in your in your calendar, yeah. set reminders. Yeah. Because summer comes and goes here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's breakup season and then bear baiting and then next thing you know, the snow's flying. Then it's time to and, button up for October. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have a solid plan. And then by Halloween, it's 25 below. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. What happened what in happened? September? <laughs> you know, oh, did you get a moose this year? Well, you know, yeah. didn't, didn't what end if up if going. I went hunting? You know? Yeah. So, you know, so with that, I'm going to say the very first most important aspect is get a calendar. And when I say that, I'm not talking about using your phone. Mm. I'm not even talking about using your laptop. I mean, go out and buy yourself a paper calendar because, and and I'm going to explain why I'm getting some weird looks here. (laughs) So... (laughs) One, for, for all you young, young bucks out there, you might actually be able to use the digital calendars a little bit easier. But for us elder millennials, it's not that easy. There's one elder um, millennial and elder, <laughs> elder millennial. <laughs> so, but the reason I say to use paper is because, one, it allows you to multitask a little bit easier. You can have your, your calendar right there. It's easier to flip through the pages. You can see the dates a little bit easier. But two, you're using your, your laptop or your phone to look at the regs, you're yeah. looking at you know units. You have your maps pulled up, and rather than bounce back and forth between the two, you can actually look at them side by side. Right, that's a big big plus for me. Um, you know, I really try. <laughs> Mo, Mo, Mo is pulling out. Mo, his Mo phone. has the the fold open phone. So, so this phone the, that you said that nobody uses or wants. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say nobody uses or that's wants. That's kind of it. what you implied. Though. I said it takes crappy pictures. <laughs> Actually, takes great pictures. But, I'm you know, sure it does. You just can't send them to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Can you airdrop those to me? No. Yeah. No, because uh, I don't use a phone that's locked up by a communist company. But. Ooh, All shots right. fired. Back to the calendar. <laughs> Back to the calendar. But anyway, um, you know, it is very important to write these things down. And, and once you get them written down on the paper calendar, I'm not saying use that throughout the year. Mm. You can then transfer that information over, but it allows you to see where things overlap, mm. to pencil things in and erase them as needed. And you can set reminders mm. because Alaskans don't sleep in the summer. Yeah. We sleep in the winter. Yeah. Right. You know, and once you're go, 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 mm-hmm. that it's so easy to have a weekend come and go doing something else, especially when the rest of life yeah. starts getting in the way. You know, yeah. you've got your job, especially if you work construction in this state because the building season is the same as the hunting season. Yeah, You know, you've yeah. got family things that are going on, which obviously take, you know, some priority. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got, uh, you know, just any number of things that can get in the way of your hunting. And if you're not setting up for your next adventure, at the proper amount of time, then that time come and goes, mm-hmm. you know, and you might end up at the opener of sheep season without having actually done your scouting because you yeah. just yeah. ended up getting busy and, right. oh man, I, I, I meant to go out this weekend, but I, I couldn't, you yeah. know? Yeah. So same with fishing and everything else. So step one, get a calendar, get the regs book, yeah. get a map system, whether yeah. it's Onyx or Go Hunt or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Something you can look at, not only where you're going to be, but have access to uh, which unit it's in, yeah. you know, the trails that are in the area, things like that. And just sit down and dedicate mm-hmm. an amount of time 
yeah. this time of year, mm-hmm. you know, and, and preferably before this, honestly, this yeah. is kind of coming out a little bit late for, for what this is, but we've just been talking about other stuff. Um, and that's honestly step number one is just prioritizing the fact that you need to put it on paper and make a plan. Yeah. yeah. Something else um, that goes along with that, I mm-hmm. don't have it on the list here, but is um, you, you mentioned getting on maps, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Dalton and I both used to use Google Earth before you know onyx yes. was yeah. a thing right yeah, yeah. Yep. and uh and you know we would figure out a way to keep it it wasn't it would like download it but if we didn't close it it would still be available right? oh right right but <laughs> what you can do now is get onyx or go hunt whichever you prefer mm-hmm. and uh you can you know pay the subscription even if it's the cheapest one you can use the maps then right yeah mm-hmm. when you're planning your hunt obviously you need your pins and all the e-scouting <laughs> stuff we're not going to get into that today but with the calendar uh Obviously, location, but not just that. Download the areas you're going to hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just get them downloaded. Yep. Because next thing you know, you're going to be sitting in your truck with hardly any cell service <laughs> trying to download these maps. On, yeah. On, on one bar. While on your way to your spot. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't have anything downloaded for this yeah. area. Hoping yeah. hoping it downloads. You know. And, and for those that don't know what he's talking about, that haven't used one of these mapping apps, when you're looking at it on your couch... It looks great. It's crisp. You can see all the the yeah. rivers and the trees and the yeah. you know right. When you get out there, if you haven't downloaded that, and um, I know Onyx allows you to download like ten, five mile uh, wide areas, ten mile wide areas, and, and I like, think it jumps all the way up to one hundred and fifty. Yeah, for miles. like a, for like a low res large right, area. and it, yeah. each one gets lower resolution. But if you yeah. get out there and you don't have them downloaded, yeah. all you're going to see is like brown and gray blotches. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not going to be anything you can use. And yeah. green, yeah. yeah, gray, green, yeah. brown, all of it, yeah, right. But anyway, anyway, that I just wanted to point that out. Like, and, and, yeah. and what I usually do That's is I download thing. if I know my specific location. Yep, I download the high res, the five mile or whatever it is. I don't remember what Go Hunts is. They yeah, like low high res, whatever it is. Um, but I download the the high res in the areas where I think I might want to ever go, whether on foot or on my wheeler or whatever. Yeah, I think I might step foot there. Small chance that plus some more yeah and then i always grab a large area like the 100 mile on on x i'll just mm-hmm. grab that whole thing yep. that way if i go outside that area i have at least an idea of where the rivers are running mm-hmm. and i might be able to make out a little bit of a trail or something or, yeah. right. or a hill exactly and then i'll have like the um you know the, the hybrid with the where you've got your uh top topo maps. lines over yeah. overlaid yeah you'll have that too exactly right? anyway yeah yes that's that's a great point you know i i, I think we've all been there where we're on our way out of town to go somewhere, yeah. either for bear baiting or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, moose hunting, sheep hunting, <laughs> whatever it is. And you get an hour out of Fairbanks, you start to lose cell service, and you go, uh-oh, I don't have anything downloaded. Oh, yeah. And then you pull over on the side of the road, and you've got one bar of LTE. And you sit there yeah. for an hour trying to yeah. get the and you map sit to there for a half hour or longer so, trying to download your maps. Funny story, I was actually flying out to a hunt at one point, and oh, yeah. that hit me. Yeah. And I went, <gasps> yeah. you know that that deep you right. know oh, like i don't have these downloaded and i'm yeah. about to get dropped off here yeah and we hit a pocket of service while oh, flying yeah and it was just enough i was able to get that five mile sent i just centered it on my on my yeah. my pins and i just downloaded it and like it <laughs> barely that's a crazy barely because i've it. spent many many hours e-scouting an area right just yeah. pouring over the maps yeah. before bed when i should be sleeping and all that stuff right yeah, yeah. yeah. and then it's yeah. the best time for it and then it yeah, I, yeah. It, it, and yeah i spend those hours and hours and hours 
but it never crosses my mind to download still. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> right. Or, or better yet, if you use your laptop for your e-scouting, oh, yeah, yeah. which I recommend. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's way better than your phone. Yep. And you look at it on your laptop and you're like, all right, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You're using 3D on your laptop yep. and it all looks great. And then you get out there and you get out into your area and you want to pull up your maps and look at it. And, oh, yeah. I didn't look at it on my phone and download it. Yeah. Yeah. I now, think now, can you download it? Like, let's say if you go on the Go Hunt desktop, can you download an area that will then show up on your app? I don't or think so. It's that not, has to download not, to not your phone. Through the link no, it's got to be downloaded. Yeah, it's got to be to your to phone. It. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if yeah. it was to your account or to your, yeah. your actual phone. It'd be yeah. cool if they let you download on your on your computer, but I don't think they have something like this. So yeah, because yeah, I know it saves not. your downloads, but yeah. I didn't know if it, yeah. It just saves them so you can download them later. Yeah. That's okay. why Mo's the tech. I like the idea of using of using the actual calendar. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm I not against that. I am old school in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I have expressed that in a few different ways on this, <laughs> on this podcast. I'm, I'm a little bit set in my ways. And, uh, you know, it, as far as a calendar goes, I, I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Just, just something really that you see every day when you walk by it in your living room yeah. or, or on your refrigerator and you have hunts marked off and yeah. this weekend is for this and next weekend is for that. Well, and, and don't get me wrong. I highly recommend transferring it all to the calendar on your phone. Yeah. Um, you because then reminders. you can set reminders for three weeks in advance, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. if you know you're going to be going dip netting on this weekend with your friends. Yeah. You know, you can get a reminder three weeks in advance that, oh, I need to start getting all my, yeah. my, my waders out. I need to get right. my nets out. I need to make sure I don't have any holes in them. I need to check, make sure yeah, I've got, you check know, my waders for my, holes. Yeah. My, uh, you know, my trucks got good, you know, good well, maintenance on it. Well, and that's another thing, too, is a lot of guys that use their vehicles for access and use their four wheelers and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's your truck or your four wheeler or your side by side or, you know, or your Argo or, or yeah. whatever, whatever uh, tool you use to get into your area. Now's the time of year when you need to be really looking through all that stuff oh, yeah. and making sure it's all in good tip top running order yeah. yep. so that you don't break down on the way to, or even <laughs> better yet, during yeah. the work week before you head out. Right. And you can't right. even start to get out yeah. somewhere. Yeah. I've got to pull my wheeler in the shop here soon and go through it because I had some issues with it last moose season. And I don't want to have that when I'm sitting at the bear bait. So yeah. Trying to get or to trying the bear to bait. get there. Yeah. Yeah. You yep. get halfway there and then you're stuck and now you're a mobile bear bait. Yeah. yeah. Or trying to leave. And you're still going to go bait. in because, yeah. you know, right. you're committed at that point. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, ain't turning back. The wheeler's <laughs> sitting there. I'm walking. The wheeler's yeah. going to stay. Yeah. Eat it up, bears. Eat it up. But yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the perk of using the actual calendar is that as you're planning, mm-hmm. you know, you're not bouncing back and forth between apps. You're not. You have a bouncing. nice visual. You have yeah. a nice visual. It's right there next to you and you can just write it out with a pencil. And if something doesn't work out, let's say you have some overlapping plans, you can just erase it out of there and, right. and you're good to go, you know. And yeah. then once you get the finalized, beautiful, wonderful version, then you transfer that onto your you phone. Know, it's, it's, it's funny because I've heard of a lot of people say, you know, get a paper calendar for a mm-hmm. lot of things, right? And I've tried. Yeah. I never look back at it. I never even hardly take the time to look at it. And I was, yeah. And you know what I do? And it's, you know, everybody's different, but for me, it's kind of, and this may sound crazy, but it's never really led me wrong on anything that was important. Mm-hmm. I've got a calendar in my head. Once I've looked at dates and think Ooh. about something, 
it, it's kind of locked in. It's prioritized for that point in my yeah. I'm thinking about that. You know, I'll, I'll pull out my phone calendar I, to look I, at yeah. dates and be like, okay, on that date I'm doing this. So by this time I'm, I need to do that. I'm Some that minds way. work that way. I, I am yeah. that same way. That's why I don't, I mean, even on my phone calendar, mm-hmm. I have stuff that, I, I mean, I, we were, we were talking hunting plans for this year, just in the last couple of hours, we've been right. sitting here right. ready for this show. And I don't have anything marked down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't get a calendar just to have in the kitchen to look at as I walk by it and then add new things and subtract right. other things. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be a bad idea just for like a refresher for things that are way out there. But once it gets inside that month, I know what I'm doing and I know what days I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and maybe we're just, you know, young and everybody's and the and the old guys are listening to us and i'm really not, not so old guys are listening to us going yeah just wait till you turn my age is that what you're thinking james <laughs> just wait till you cross 30 man that's <laughs> and, and i'm not saying that my mind is a steel trap and nothing's getting out of there my mind is a rusty old nasty trap that's well, well and, that's and so again, cluttered up with so many plans i'm not saying use it to actually remind you of the right. hunt i'm saying for the planning phase yes it's just, important yes for so, the planning i agree yeah however you remember it is how you remember it right but to actually get right. it get it in and you that, know get that, it because you can think about your calendar in your head but right. you know well maybe you guys know but i don't know which date which months have 31 days and which ones don't i do i'm sure you do but uh, <laughs> school was a long time ago for me brother <laughs> well, it was long enough ago for me too but anyway but, i think this kind of leads into our next point it does and that's how to prioritize hunts prioritizing and a lot of people out there you know that they work a nine-to-five job we all do yeah uh, sometimes in, more than that in one variant or another yeah S- nine seven, to five is just seven the, to six yeah, yeah nine to five is just the affectionate term we call right. it yeah. right um to make us feel like we're not yeah, tied down to it say it's not unheard of in alaska especially in construction with the construction season like you're talking about yeah. to work Seven twelves. Eight, <laughs> yeah eight, 60 70 80 yeah. hours six, yeah. six ten is the average i would but, say but then yeah. but then you you turn around in the winter time that same job the same boss will have a hard time giving you 30 yep exactly yeah. yep exactly yep. So you, you gotta make money. hay while the sun shines Yep. but so anyway, prioritizing hunts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, with that in mind, a lot of people that have day jobs, most of our listeners do. Yeah. Uh, there are very few people that have the ability to just take time off whenever they need to, and they have a finite amount of yeah. time off. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to think about, well, if I only have two or three weeks of time off every year, and I'm going to save that for spring and fall. Yeah. Um, most most folks can bear bait inside the bounds of their work schedule. Yeah. Whether it's just evenings and weekends, you know, or even if they work six days a week, they'll run mm-hmm. out to the baits on Sundays. Right. And it's easy enough to do a two-hour drive after a long day, go yeah. out, check the bait, drop yeah. off some dog right. food or whatever, and hightail it back and home. two hours is a very general term we're not saying that our baits are two no. hours away <laughs> right right just wanted to throw I, that out there i wish yeah no my bait my bait's about 10 hours <laughs> easy easy my, my bait's about 10 hours out of town yeah 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 right before prudo up there right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's the best spot to bear bait, man. Oh, yeah. No trees, no nothing. No. <laughs> yeah, I love killing those polar bears. You, you, you can see them coming a mile away. Yeah. yeah. That's satire, folks. Yes. For, for, for those satire. of you that were about to dial the, the numbers. Yeah. yeah. No, we do not sit on the pipeline and shoot polar bears. <laughs> Other places, but not the pipeline. <laughs> no, we do not shoot polar bears. <laughs> no, no. You know, I've never actually seen a polar bear in real life. So. Yeah. Really? As much time as you spent up there? 
No, there's not a lot of polar bears in that area, actually. Mm. Once in a while, they see them. They actually see, they see grizzlies. Yeah. Like grizzlies yeah. Well, I knew there were a lot of grizzlies up there. Uh, yeah, f- further, further along the western side, they see a lot more polar bears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Further up. But, would, and that's... I, that's I wasn't in Prudhoe. I was in Dead Horse. Gotcha. And, yeah. And that's a little bit inland from the ocean, actually. So I was, uh, for work, I had to go out to Point Hope. Yep. And there was a part of me that was really hoping I'd see one, or at least a couple when I was out there. I yeah. was like, man, it's wide open. It's yeah. flat. Like, yeah. we're flying in. Just like, sea ice. Yeah. yeah. They spend but most I, of their time out on the ice, and once in a while, they'll wander their way into the village where yeah. there might yeah. be some food if they can't find seals or something. But, yeah. yeah. So anyway, prioritizing hunts. Yes. If you have a finite amount of time off, mm-hmm. which most folks do, you got to figure out in the fall, um, what do I want to spend my precious time off doing? Yep. And if you're a moose hunter, then you're likely going to spend that moose hunting. Yeah. If you prioritize a sheep hunt, then you're mm-hmm. you're likely going to spend a lot of your time off uh, going on your sheep hunt. Yeah. And you need to plan that well ahead of time and have that in mind and not over schedule yourself, to be honest. Well, and understanding the time each hunt will take is, right. is a big thing. You know, I mean, you, you don't want to be scheduling a, a sheep hunt on a four day weekend. No. You can. Yeah. You know, Good it's luck. just not necessarily the best idea. Yeah. You know, you want to be out there for right. a week. So if you only have right. two weeks of vacation a year, and some people aren't even that lucky, yeah. you know, you've really got to think about how to spread that out right. and, and make it count for everything it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the yeah. other thing with prioritizing is figuring out what is important to you in your hunting life. Right. You know, I mean, are you primarily a meat hunter that's trying to provide, you know, good meat for your family? In which case, you'll probably want to focus more on moose. You know, moose, right. caribou, things you can go out and get yeah. that are either high yield yeah. or, you know, fairly easy to get. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, are you searching for an adventure? You yeah. know, are you trying to do something new? Are you trying yeah. to, you know, get out places other people aren't going? In which case, you might look at, you know, sheep or goat or something yeah. like that. That's right. a, a little bit less yield on meat, but, right. you know, much more actually getting out there and, and yeah. really being in the elements. Yeah. And, and, and not not to say that you can't do that with moose hunting because a lot of folks do that, but a, a lot of folks don't get that far out, right? Relatively speaking, <laughs> you wouldn't want to with a moose. <laughs> no, no, right, right. But e- even if you're four wheeling out somewhere, right, anywhere yeah. you can four wheeler, somebody else can eventually get there. Yeah. E- even if they don't know all your tricks and spots of the trail to get to, right, somebody else can get there. Yep. With a bigger, better machine, or a m- more capable rider, or whatever it may be. Yeah. But uh, a, a big part of of uh, making the most of your time off for a hunt in the fall, let's just say, is scouting ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's being, huge. B- making the most of that time off and being efficient. You don't want to take two weeks off and then go try a brand new spot that you've never been to before, mm-hmm. and then find out that a mile into your trail where you wanted to get. There's a raging creek that you right. thought was a little trickle because on the you, maps. you only looked at it on Onyx, right? Yeah, but right. turns out it has ten foot steep wall banks, and it's about a fifteen foot deep slough. Yeah, that's just white water just ripping through there, and you ain't getting across there. And you know that's oftentimes why it takes people years to find their yeah. their primary spots is right. because you know it takes years of that scouting unless you just get lucky and you know yeah. fall into one of these places. But yeah, I've done, I've, uh, typically, if you fall into one of those places, yeah, so did a lot of other people. Right. So yeah, I've I say I've done a lot of like hail mary two days plus a weekend hunts. Mm-hmm. You know, either with you Dalton mm-hmm. or with with other guys, just you know call them up and say, hey man, you want to take a couple of days off and. Mm-hmm. 
No, I saw this hunt that was available, and it's a different days than the regular yeah. season. We were already yeah. planning, had plans right. for. Yeah, you want to go hit this, and the problem with that is, done no scouting. Maybe right. haven't even been in that area before. Yeah. Right. So, well, and arguably that's probably how everybody starts. It's where a lot of people go, and yeah. you know what? And I can tell you some really awesome places, great access, beautiful country, and there's no moose there, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or caribou, or whatever it is you're looking for. Yeah, like. You know, and spent a l- tremendous amount of time looking in all and finding what looks like amazing spots. Yeah. But it's just not the right country. Yeah. And it was really, I wouldn't say it was a waste of time, but yeah, mm-hmm. if I had spent, if I had, you know, I was thinking about that same hunt. Yeah. It, in the springtime, because yeah. I had looked at, that's when I was looking at the regs, right? Yeah. Right. Called my buddy up a week before we went out and said, hey, let's go do this. Yeah. If I had, at some point, and at that time in my life, I had the time. Took a weekend because yeah. that's all it takes to scout is a weekend. Yeah. Most of the time, depending on where you're going, one or two yeah. days, maybe three. If you're, you know, if you're scouting a sheep spot, usually yeah. it's a little bit longer. But anything yeah. else, you can usually hit fairly quickly, right? And get, you know, either talk to people if you're flying in, talk to people who have been there. If you're not yeah. flying in, ride, hike, whatever you got to do, and look, mm-hmm. see what's there. Yeah, it, it, and that's huge. I mean, honestly, because if it's good. You're going to know it's good. And then right. you have something to look forward to. But if it's mm-hmm. bad, you just saved yourself a failed hunt. Right. Because now you know it's bad. You can look on to the next place. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know and, and it doesn't even have to be a different hunt. Like you said, I mean, there's units in, in Alaska that, you know, have, uh, you know, special seasons outside right. of the normal, you know. And you can still look within that unit, just maybe a different part of the unit. Right. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you know that, oh, this valley looks great on Onyx, but it's not. When, once I got there, it's beautiful. but the moose don't seem to like it. Yeah. And and that's huge. Yeah. You know, and that'll save you tons of time and honestly, tons of heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I had a great time. Spent a lot more time in the woods. Like I did one year, I did, I, I found like two or three more hunts and hunted my normal moose season. You know, my normal two week hunt, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I hunted a hunt beforehand mm-hmm. and I got back to town and called up a kid that I knew, you know, would have time to go and was like, hey man, you want to go hunting? And we didn't see any moose in like three days. Right. Yeah. Right. right. It, you know, and we were camping out there and yeah. covering a tremendous amount of country and wide open spaces mm-hmm. type areas and saw, you know, three tracks and heard one twig break yep. that we think was a moose when I was calling one time. <laughs> it's like, no wonder this place is open for 30 days. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those places normally have. Yeah. There's a reason it's open for 30 <laughs> days because there's not very many moose in there. It's hard to find them. Yep. Yeah. Or they're hard to get to where right. the moose are, right? Right, right. But, you know, the, the big thing to take away from that is just plan around what you know you have. Mm-hmm. You know, find out what you have for, for first off, you know. I mean, if you're, because some, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's a true thing. If, if you work in some of these construction jobs, you know, they might say you have two weeks vacation a year. Yeah. But when you ask to take that two weeks off in August in to go time. chase or September, yeah, or yeah. September, yeah. When the snow's around the corner and they're trying to finish up their project or yeah. everything's in full swing and people are working right. 60 to 80 hours a week yep. yeah. and you want to go tromp around in the woods. And we've your all boss, sacrificed hunts because yeah, of work before. Your, your boss isn't always going to understand. And so you need to figure out not only do you have the time, but is it going to compromise your life right. to take the time? And, and that's honestly, I mean... If it's important to you, you should prioritize your hunting, obviously. And I, I think yeah. that's a very big thing. And I've, I've structured my life around a, a career and a, a, you know, a passion 
where I can prioritize my hunting mm-hmm. because of that. Right. Because I, I've worked those jobs where it's not a priority for the people in charge and it's not a priority for you then because uh-huh. now right. the person in charge, you right. know, you have to follow their priorities. Right. And, right. but that's, that's a big thing, you know? And so not only figuring out your needs or your family's needs, but also your ability to get out there. You know, this is going to sound crazy, but I was, I think, 18 at the time. I quit a job one time because I knew I wasn't going to get time off for moose season. I remember that. I I recently did that. (laughs) Uh, But no, I I, I just was like, you know, it was coming up and I thought, you know what? The people I worked with wasn't bad, honestly. Mm -hmm. Well, you're still friends with them. You know, yeah, I'm still friends with them. I see my boss and no, 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 really no hard feelings and... Yeah. tried to get me to stay there. Like, can I pay him more money? I'm like, no, I just, I, I, I want to do something yeah. else. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and I did, but, and I ended up working for myself after that. <laughs> yeah. But that time I did not sacrifice uh, hunting for work. Mm-hmm. And then I was starting my own business and found that it is really hard to yeah. take the time to hunt when you've got all these jobs lined out. And there yeah. were definitely times while I was working for myself that I had that, that had that happen. All right, folks, I want to take a second to tell you about a product I found this last year and have absolutely fallen in love with. It's the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. I used one on a recent black-tailed deer hunt in southeast Alaska, and it did a great job of keeping the saltwater and debris out of the action and also protecting the scope on my rifle from getting knocked around and damaged. On top of all that, the carry handle made it easy to transport the rifle to and from the boat during the hunt. When it got wet from rain and ocean spray, I hung it up at camp to dry at night, and it was always dry in 20 minutes or less. Stealthy Hunter also offers a wide variety of nutritional supplements for the outdoorsman, such as CBD oils, essential vitamins, turmeric, and bone broth. In the gear shop, they also have a lightweight first aid kit, glassing pads, and stuff sacks to organize your gear and your pack. Go check out Stealthy Hunter's website and use the code THENORTHERNHUNTER at checkout to get a discount on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. I I, want to add something to this, and this is related, and it's a little bit of a tangent here. I have done dozens and dozens of hunts in Mm. Alaska since I was a teenager. And growing up and, and, uh, and getting out on my own and then getting married and, and, and uh, going through a lot of different changes in life, you know, as, as you move out of the house and then as you, uh, as you get married and you get your own place and you establish your own life and folks know what that's like. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're in for a, you're in for, <laughs> you're in for more of a change than you think Strap you are. Strap in, young buck. <laughs> uh, but, but, but anyway, I was going to say a, a lot of people... They say, well, I, I, can't, I can't take the time off right now because I don't have enough money mm. or, or I can't afford to go moose hunting or I yeah. can't afford to bear bait or I, right. can't, I can't afford to go on a sheep hunt because I have to buy $300 pair of boots. Right. Here's, here's what I have to say about that. Okay. <clears throat> I have been in those shoes many, many, many times where I'm going on a hunt and I look at my bank account and, 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 and you know, Right now, I, I'm not in that position. Right, mm. I've become a lot more responsible. And uh, but but back in the day, years ago, I would go on a hunt, and I look at my bank account, and I would wonder, man, how am I going to pay for this? Mm. I mean, e- even just 
putting fuel in my four-wheeler in my truck. Yeah. And right. what if something breaks? I don't have enough money to get a tow truck to get me home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to call somebody with a trailer to come down and get me. And nothing ever happened. To yeah. That I remember those days. Man. Nothing ever happened to that effect. But you, you didn't get evicted. You didn't lose your truck. You didn't. But fifteen dollars <laughs> in the truck, five dollars in the wheeler, and it was yeah. For the- <laughs> You're thinking, man, yeah, I just got paid, and I just blew it all yeah. on Beta nine oh seven cents, dog food, right. a box of shells, mm-hmm. and gas. And because we were prioritizing dinner at the gas station, you're literally at the gas pump, going, all right, I prepaid fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put forty. One dollars in the truck, yeah, yep. and then I'm going to put nine dollars <laughs> in the four wheeler. I'm not kidding you. You can't yeah. make this stuff oh, up. We've been there. Mo and I have done this multiple times. Yeah. Did do that multiple times. Yeah. Do not do that. <laughs> not no, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. And, the, and, and I, I'm, I'm saying this. This was a long time ago. But now mm-hmm. I don't remember what I was going through then. Yeah, I don't remember the hard times that I had. I don't think, man, yeah, I shouldn't have went out to that bear bait and gone out hunting that night because I only had... Shouldn't have killed that bear. I only had had $200 to my name at that time. I don't remember that. Yep. No way. But I absolutely remember sitting at that bear bait and a big bear. Right. Or I absolutely remember going on that caribou hunt and shooting some caribou. Yeah. Or going on that deer hunt traveling to go on a deer hunt mm-hmm. and not knowing how you were going to pay your bills when you got home because you spent it all on your trip. I've, I've literally spent my last dollar on a yeah. hunt. Yeah. Now, this and all being said, your family is a higher priority. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think absolutely. You, 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 as, as if you're a married man that has or a woman. wife or, a, or, yeah. or wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or woman or a wife and kids mm-hmm. that you've got to support never put your family in a bad situation. Right, yeah. We're not saying that. We're talking about our single free days yeah. where all uh, all we had to care about in the world was our pickup truck, our four-wheeler, and our rifle and what we were going to use it to kill next. Yeah. Yep. Okay? And in those times when you have that freedom and you have that ability, Mo and I talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. we are slammed busy as it is. How did we find time to do as much as we did when we were teenagers yeah. together? Because Mo and I were literally all over this state, mm-hmm. hunting, yeah. all over the place from one end to the other. I was working 70-hour weeks, and I still somehow managed to spend like 30 hours a week in the woods, probably. How, yeah. how, how much did that stock in Red Bull cost you? Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, Red Bull is the fuel of my life, and it has been since I moved back to Alaska. Yeah. You, you know, and, and I'm going to bring in uh, kind of an, an addition to that. Uh, not the Red Bull thing, but uh, <laughs> you know, like like what you were saying. With Red not, Bull gives you wings. <laughs> with, like what you were saying with not remembering the financial hardships. Yeah, uh, I I mean I'm sure everybody knows now, but you know I was in the military, mm-hmm. and that's how I got to Alaska. I got stationed at Fort Wainwright back in right. 2009. And when you're in the military, you get a very deep sense of mortality. Mm. You know, there's a, there's something about writing your own will when you're 19 years old uh, that just sets it in stone that I'm not going to be around forever. Yeah. Right. You know, you kind of lose yeah. that, uh, that youthful yeah. immortality feeling. And 
the, that's kind of played into how I look at hunts and hunting. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in a, in a, in a negative way. Mm. But what I'm saying is you've got to look at how many moose seasons do you have left? Yeah. At best, if you are a 30-year-old man yeah. and you're planning, or woman, and you're planning <laughs> on being out there Shout out. until you are, <laughs> let's just say you're going to stay very fit and you're going to be hunting moose until you're 65. Yeah. You know, yeah, a lot of guys do it. A lot yeah. of guys do it. I know yeah. a lot of old timers that are they're in their 60s and they go out there and kill moose every year. Yep. That's 35 moose. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Count it like that. You know, it's not, it's not a infinite number of moose right. seasons you yeah. get. It's not an infinite number of sheep seasons you get. Right. If you skip going on that sheep hunt this year mm. because well i just i don't have all the right gear and i don't know if i, I, I can afford I can a new afford tent it. yeah you know yeah it's just it's ah it's this well you can do like dalton and, did where he bought the new tents and stuff i just went with all my old gear <laughs> well well what i'm getting at is time is finite yes. and if you make it to 65 you'll get you know starting from 30 yeah you'll get 35 moose seasons mm-hmm and that's if you make it to 65. Yeah. Who's to say you're not going to have a bad car crash in the wintertime, yeah. right. you know, in three yeah. years? Who's to say yeah. something's not going to happen that debilitates you for whatever reason and right. you're in a wheelchair? Right. There's not, it, it's not guaranteed. And, right. and like so many other things in life, when, when you understand that and you know it, that really helps bring the priority to light. Mm-hmm. You, I don't want to be 50. Yeah. Looking back, saying, I "Man, I, I could have had yeah. those other fourteen moves if I just got my act together." Yeah, you know, I, I want to be fifty, looking at a wall full of moose racks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I want to be. Life is a finite resource. Yeah, and th- this is a really good point, and I'm glad you brought this all up. Mm-hmm. My and I, all of our priorities are in this order, and I know this for a fact because we're all very good friends here, and we we can mm-hmm. speak freely about this. It's God, family. And the outdoors. Yeah. Yep. There as, is, as it should be. That in, in that order. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the, the, the finiteness mm-hmm. of life, like you said, as you get older, you start to think about, you know, we, we were talking before we started recording, Mo and I were talking about an old bear bait that we had that we didn't realize it was five years ago. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at pictures like it was last spring. Right. Yeah. Five years goes by like that. Yep. yep. And, some someone put it to me this way. I I I know an individual who their their uh, their parent one of their parents passed away at at an old age. They 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 passed on, and they left this individual that I know a large life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. And you know what they did with the life insurance money? They went out and bought a brand new boat. They went out and bought a new rifle. Yeah. They paid off their house. They settled all their debts and yeah. And that person lives outside yeah yeah and i asked him i said man you, you could have invested some of that and uh, he's he's not a young guy either mm-hmm. but you know what he told me he said dalton when i'm sitting in my deathbed or when i'm too old to go hunting yeah i'm not gonna wish that i had more money in the bank right my kids will take care of me or i'll stay in a home somewhere Said, I've got family and I've got mm. good medical care that'll take care of me when I'm old and right. back in diapers. That's exactly he right. He said, 
but I'm going to have these memories until my mind is gone. Right. And As I'd rather have these memories and live a life of experiences mm-hmm. than die with a million dollars in the bank and knowing that, you know, I'm providing my kids with money they didn't earn. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a good retirement and, right. and a financial plan. Well, and again, that and, comes with family being you, right, up there on the exactly. Priority. But yeah. that that right, exactly. If you prioritize family, then you've already got that all set up. Right. But live a life focused on experiences. Don't live a life for monetary gain. And I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Experience is worth so much more than money. You can't take it with you. And you can't take the things it bought you with you either. Right. And, and in many cases, the things you bought you aren't going to make you as happy as you think they are. Yeah. That brand new truck, yeah. it's not going to make you happy. Yep. The that, new gun will. The new gun will, <laughs> especially all the stuff you kill with it. Focus but, on experiences. And yeah. for all the things that we talk about with gear mm-hmm. and all this new cutting edge stuff, I'm telling you, if you're a fella that lives in Alaska or anywhere that wants to hunt Alaska someday, mm-hmm. don't let the cost of entry deter you. Right. If you can afford the proper equipment and the gear that we talk about on this show, then that's great. Knock yeah. yourself out and buy it all. Yeah. And if you can do that, then that's great. And there's nothing wrong with having the money to do that. But if you can't afford it, don't let that stop you from getting outside. Right. Because you're still going to have experiences. You're still going to learn. You're still going to improve yourself. You're still going to walk away from that a better human being if you do it right. Right. You have a better understanding of what God intended the world to be away from the concrete jungle of a city. There is something special about going out and being away from your smartphone for two weeks. That is a huge thing, actually. That bothered me so much when I got back into town this last fall after being gone for a couple of months. I didn't, I, I don't even think I turned on my phone <laughs> for, uh, for quite a while. I mean, th- through that entire day. And my wife asked me, she said, well, how many emails have you gotten? Or how many phone calls do you have? <laughs> and I said, I don't really care. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'm just, I'm not even concerned what? about it. And you don't realize how much time mm-hmm. you spend on your phone every day until you don't for two weeks. And then you get back into town and you realize, oh yeah, I was going to pick up my phone just now, but you don't. Ding, right. ding, go, go do something, ding. go do something yeah. productive, you know, yeah. read a book. It's, it's amazing what happens when you unplug say, even yeah. for, for your mentality, for your, yeah. even for just like, just like your your body's clock. And I hate know? to use the word, but it's therapeutic. You come back. Sure. Yeah. You come back. That's a great word. Revived. You feel like you yeah. experienced something that lasts. Yeah. It, it's, it's not this instantaneous, instant pleasure. Scroll through an app and mm-hmm. watch little short videos of stupid nonsense. Yeah. That, did, that, that completely deteriorates your attention span. Well, the world is a... Um, appease me now mentality. Right. It's such a short attention span. People can't grasp something with real depth right. to it anymore. Yeah. And that's a shame because that's that's what makes the greatest people that have ever walked this earth the greatest people that have mm-hmm. ever walked the earth. Yeah. Because they had a life of experiences and they lived a full and rich life. And the people that I know that have the most money mm. are rarely people that live a full life. They're always wishing that they'd done something different. They have family problems because they prioritize their business over 
over doing things with their family. Right. And, and this and hunting in the outdoors is a great way to spend time with your family. Oh, it is. And have time away yeah. from that society. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Take you your kids get, hunting. Yeah. yeah. Take your wife hunting. Yeah. Or, or take your husband hunting. That's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Teach him to be a man. <laughs> but spend time. But if, but like I said, though, if you can incorporate two of those things in your life, family and the outdoors together, it's a, it's an amazing combo. You are gonna, you are gonna build a special relationship with them that you're mm-hmm. not gonna have just sitting around the dinner 100%. table at night. Yeah. If, if you even sit around the dinner table at night with your family, you would be shocked at the number of people that would tell you that they don't have dinner around the dinner table every night with their family mm-hmm. and the relationships in their family that have deteriorated mm-hmm. compared to what they were raised in. If they were raised in a family in a household where they shared a dinner table at night, imagine doing that every night for two weeks around a campfire. Right. With no cell phones, no internet, no, no Instagram, no, no TikTok, no Facebook, no, no TikTok, yeah. no whatever other app is going to come out by the time this podcast come out on tour. <laughs> Probably right, several. Right. <laughs> but things that just pull you away and make you in your own little bubble right. and you don't see the world around you. And I, I, anyway, I, I know that's a whole rant about things, but there is just something and special about it. Even just the it. noise of town. Yes. I, it's amazing. When I come back from long hunting trips, Yeah, and, I, and not anymore with where I live now, but I used to live more in town. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard to sleep. Everything when annoys I would come me back. when I get back. Yeah. I didn't realize how many dogs barking yeah. and couples arguing oh. and horns honking and even just yeah. ca- car doors opening and yeah. closing. Yeah. You're hearing, you know, sirens. Ringtones are going ring off. Tones. Yeah. You got people walking around. It's it's yeah. so noisy in yeah. this world right now. You no, know, and even even now, especially now that I'm I have a family, when I go hunting. Yes, I'm there to hunt and for the experience and all that. But when I don't kill something, there's a little bit more of a man. I didn't put any meat in the freezer for my family. Yeah, yeah. and a, a provision aspect. Yeah, and so there's a lot of um, you know, if you go three times and you don't kill anything for three times, you you might feel like it's just not worth it. Mm. Yeah, but don't kinda, quit. Yeah, don't quit. And kind of with what you were saying, it's not it's not just about the kill. Once you've killed something, yes it's phenomenal, it's awesome, yeah. it's amazing, the feeling yeah. and, and the experience and everything, right? The, the accomplishment, especially yeah. when you spent three or four or five times. Yeah. You know, yeah. when, when we, you know, we went down to Southeast and I went, had gone, Dalton and I had gone on a trip quite a few years ago now. Yeah. And it, pretty much zero success. Yeah. And, and then we had to work really hard for the first few days we were down there this, this last time. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got a chance to kill a deer, mm-hmm. the, the feeling was phenomenal, yeah. right? Yeah. And then the deer were really moving and I killed another one, you know, yeah. a few yeah. hours later. Right. And it felt great. Right. But, uh, you know, it's... You had to go through so much of an experience right. to get to that There's, point that you really felt like you earned it. And you knew how to hunt that area. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had given you places to go when I had dropped you off and told you, yeah, walk this trail, hit this muskeg, climb this hill, call here, sit there. Right. So you'd done everything. It's, and you had experienced that environment. That is, I found it. I think, I don't know if I've told, I think I told you guys, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. I hiked a mountain and yeah. found a warm bed with it where a deer had jumped up. You know, it was yeah. so thick. Just yeah. couldn't see very yeah. far. And, but you had to right. go through every weather climate. It was hot and sunny sometimes. Yeah. It was cold and raining. It snowed. It was windy. It was calm. It was quiet. It, you went through every gambit of the weather down there before you even got a shot at a deer. It, okay. it, it kind of falls back to like my favorite Fred Bear quote. 
a hunt based only on trophies taken falls far short of what the ultimate goal should yeah, be. That's right. Yeah. You know, and you know, right. and, and that's so true. An adult, yeah. and you and I probably went on when we were teenagers. We'd go. Let's just say we did twenty good like hunting trips a year, which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. we went out in the woods way more times than that, that yeah. but maybe we went on 20 hunting trips that were more than a day. Yeah. Let's just say where yeah. we maybe thought we had a good chance of killing something. And on one or two of those we might, mm-hmm. especially when mm-hmm. we were teenagers. And a lot of that was just getting experience. Yep. But we don't regret a minute of that. Oh, not one. And uh yep. you know, yep. there was something I was going to say while you were talking, I had it all figured out about about like spending time in the woods <laughs> even <laughs> when you don't kill anything. But um don't let that discourage you. No. Yeah. You know, especially if you're a new hunter or, or looking to get into it, you know, and our podcast is specifically for Alaska. Yes. But anywhere you are in the world that you yeah. can hunt, mm-hmm. hunt. Yeah. Get the opportunity. If you if all you've got this spring is turkeys. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, guys say they're a ton of fun compared to bears. It doesn't seem yeah. that great to me. <laughs> in you know? some states, you can get both. But, you know, if the opportunity comes for me to go turkey hunting one day, I will. Yeah. Right? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll plan a trip back to my, my, my you know, home country. Yeah. We will, and, uh, we'll have to do that. You know, Dalton yeah. uh, D- Dalton says he doesn't see how it could be like that great of a thing. It doesn't interest him to hunt a whitetail out of a tree stand. Yeah. On the ground, different story, but, but tree but stands that's don't because, appeal to me for whitetail hunting. But but that's because he's never done it. Right. That's, if he's yeah, done it fair. and been successful or even just... Yeah. And I worked really I, hard to kill I my first I completely admit that, that it's yeah. because I haven't done it yet. Right. I don't know that it's going to be fun or not. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be fun. And I'm not knocking it, not by any means. Right, and, and right. We, we talked about this a couple episodes ago about not looking down on other types of hunting right, right. that are ethical and legal. I don't look down on tree stand hunters. Yeah. I don't judge them for their different style. Mm-hmm. I just personally don't think that I would enjoy it that much. But would I snub my nose and not even try it if it was offered? Absolutely not. Right. I'm going to go do it someday because I want to try it. It's something new. So once you get your understanding of priorities correct, Mm -hmm. and once you get your mentality correct on getting out there just to do it, not necessarily focusing on just being successful. I mean, obviously, you want to be successful. Prioritize it above all else. Let me add something to that real quick, what what I said and what you're saying. Just because you don't have time to scout an area, mm-hmm. if you do and you can take that weekend and do mm-hmm. it, do it. But if you don't have time to do it, don't not hunt. Yeah. Still go. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you just, at that point, combine your hunting and scouting. It, it, it <laughs> turns into <laughs> scouting slash hunting. And, you never know. And you might be one of the lucky ones. And you won't regret it. Yep. Right. right. But once you get to that point of knowing what you want to go after, how you want to go after it, where you want to go after it, and maybe you're actually trying to figure that part out, Understanding the seasons, the deadlines, and, and when and when yeah. is huge because just because you have limited time off mm-hmm. doesn't mean you have limited opportunity. Right. There's a lot of places where either seasons overlap mm-hmm. and you can go after both. There are some places where seasons overlap and you can't go after both. And mm-hmm. so you need to pay attention to that too. We right, talked about right. that in the How to Hunt Alaska series. Right. But being understanding how these seasons overlap and where you can go yeah. to, to be able to hunt for multiple species or be able to be in the same general area and split time between the two yeah. is huge. Yeah. And, and Absolutely. The, the regs do a great job of breaking that down yeah. for you if you dive into them. Yeah. And we do too. 
And we it's do too. In our in our series on the How to Hunt Alaska, uh, episode one and two, we specifically mm-hmm. cover um, this the seasons and how to read the regs. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's if you're looking for the breakdown, maybe you're looking at the regs book and you're a little overwhelmed overwhelmed. (laughs) because it's easy i mean it's a very long book go check out those episodes if you haven't already if you haven't heard them and and we break it down really really in depth in those ones let me throw back real quick i said download maps download the reg book oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. well so uh fishing game has an app now that you can download that and i have had nothing but errors with so far really yeah I've so, had nothing but success with it. I have, now a, a lot of features don't work. Yeah, because they're still Apple and Android comparison. Because well, <laughs> let me have not, it, it may not have anything to do with that. I don't know. I'm just giving. So you a hard I time. don't use it just for anything time. other than reading. I was the regs. just trying to get the regs on it, and I couldn't get it to do anything but really? download and open. And anything now, I tried to do, it said can't connect to server. So now what I I find annoying is it doesn't have the the trapping regs in there. At oh, least really? not on my version. Really? I might need to update it. I don't know if they've added that since then. But at the point of time when I downloaded the app, it did not have the trapping mm-hmm. regs in it. It was just the big game uh-huh. regs. And but for accessing them offline, it's worked flawlessly. Well, you can also download a PDF. You I can believe. download the PDF very easily off yeah. the website. If you just click on the link to the PDF on your phone, it'll download to your phone. Exactly. And you just go into like documents or something to find that. If you have a hard time with technology, find a grandchild that can help you find <laughs> it. <laughs> or or a child. Yeah. Or a child, sorry. Wow, that was a deep... (laughs) Or or a friend, Dalton. (laughs) Yeah. But the the essential part to that one is just look at multi-use hunts if you're limited on your time. Look at areas you can go after caribou and moose in the same spot. Look at areas you can go after sheep and caribou in the same spot. Look at places you can go after, I I don't know, deer and bear. You know, there's so many multi multi-species areas in, in Alaska that you can really get out there and chase yeah yeah these days when I'm looking there. at a hunt I'm looking at not only okay maybe I have a target animal but there's mm-hmm. is there two or three animals I can add as like a if I see an opportunity right yeah right you know it used to be and the reason I say download the regs is because I might be out somewhere mm-hmm. and be hunting say moose mm-hmm. right and then go what are the caribou regs around here yeah. right Yep. What, what's, what, you know, because I've seen caribou, like, oh, can I kill caribou? And, and as long as you have the appropriate tags with you. Then that's right, right. Yeah. If I have the tags, or maybe, maybe I just want to know what the caribou regs are for next year. Right. So yeah. I can get the tags, right. right? Yep. Preemptive scouting. But anyway, yeah. Look it up ahead of time when you're planning your hunt, but get the regs downloaded along with the maps because. Yeah. Yeah. That way when you're in the field and you're going, oh boy, I don't remember what I read. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't hurt to have a refresher. Yeah. You know, in a lot of those areas where a river, yeah, you might cross a river or a creek, and that's a boundary for right. a five-day difference in a yeah. hunt, or whether you can hunt anything at all across that. Yeah. Right? Anyway. I, I know people that have done that. They, anyway. They, they just shot, I think it was a black bear, but they shot it just on the wrong side of the ridge. It, and it, it's yeah. all it takes. Yeah. Yep. 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 And, and, you know, I know, I'm sure we touched on it. I don't remember specifically, but, you know, there are areas... I'll just go. I'll just start with moose. Yeah, there's special bow hunts you yeah. can go on. There are seasons that last until the 15th of September, and there's seasons that last until the 30th of September. There's seasons that start as early as the 25th of August. Right. There's mm-hmm. seasons that extend 
later into the fall. Mm-hmm. There's and special there's, seasons. There's special seasons. You know, maybe yeah. you live in an area, and I think we, we talked in depth about uh, special use areas, yeah. you know, and things like that. And you can get one week moose hunts here and there or yeah. a winter moose hunt here yeah. and there. Yeah. And knowing that and looking at that is a huge part of your planning mm-hmm. because you can kind of, if you're willing to go to these places and get the proper tags and the proper permits, yeah. look at registration hunts. You know, you're not just stuck with the, the regular harvest tickets in most cases. Right. And obviously, this should probably go without saying, but if you drew a tag, mm. that's your priority, brother. Yeah. That's, <laughs> if, if it's that's, a good draw, if it's are, a good draw, there are some draw yeah. tags that are more of a, Let's drive down there today on the weekend and see right. if anything pokes its head out. Right. But yeah. but when you're looking at these these seasons, there are so many that you can you can overlap. And even if you can't overlap them, maybe you can break it up like you had said, you right. know, three days or four days here, three days or four days here, if you have multiple good opportunity areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. knowing that, and that's why it's important, I think, to have, like I said, your calendar over here your regs book up, even if you have a physical paper regs book and you're able to bounce back and forth. Don't, don't just, at least for me, I don't like to fall back on just my, my memory and what I think I know. Right. Dive into both. Look at the dates, not only that you have available to you, maybe you have an extra holiday off and there happens to be a season that falls on a holiday. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a free day off for you. Right. So. Right. There are a lot of areas in Alaska uh, okay, I'll use for instance black bears. Yeah. Black bear doesn't close in a lot of the interior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, now that's not true for the entire state. No, it's not. But in a lot of the state, there is no closed season on black bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think, with the exception of, uh, of of a few registration permit areas down uh, around Prince William Sound and that that part of the state, mm-hmm. is more regulated for trophy quality. Right, but. If you're looking at an area that has no closed season for black bears, you should always have black bear tags. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, You should always have, obviously always have your hunting license. Don't, uh, don't overlook (laughs) bringing important things. Yeah. It's it's easy. Don't not bring your license because that's, you know, that's a problem. (laughs) Now, now one, one trick to that is. It's not recommended. I don't recommend this as your primary source, but you can provide a photo of your hunting license. Right. And I like to keep both. When I when I first get my hunting license, I'll take a photo of it. Yep. Now, throughout the year, you'll have to update that because we're going to talk about dip netting and things like that a little bit here in a minute. But Mm -hmm. as you are fishing, especially deep sea fishing, say for halibut or something like that you have to actually write down on your license when you get a fish. Mm-hmm. And so as the season progresses, you're obviously going to want to update the picture because right. you don't want to show them a picture of a blank one. And right. then they, they ask right. why the record shows you have this and it's not. Right. But what that provides you is a good backup. Yeah. You know, if you have, yeah. let's just say, exactly. you, you had it in your wallet and you left your wallet in camp because you're mm-hmm. 15 miles out in the middle of nowhere and why would you yeah. carry your wallet with you? Because you it's got your, your license in it. <laughs> well, right. But, you know, if that was your mindset in the morning time and you just didn't grab your wallet and suddenly you're getting rolled up on, at least you have a photo of it. Right. So it's kind of a redundancy thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, I, anyway, I was going to mention uh, black bear is a common one that's found in a lot of different units as an overlap species. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of areas where grizzly is also open um, during a lot of the fall. Most areas, I think, are open in September. A lot of areas with, are open to wolf. With the exception of some of the coastal hunts, a lot of the brown bear hunts don't start until September mm-hmm. and October in that time frame. Right. Um, but there are units that you can get moose, caribou, black bear, grizzly bear, and even a sheep tag as well. Mm-hmm. And you can have, I, I like to call it an Alaskan safari. Because you can go out into a really good area that might have a bunch of different animals, mm-hmm. and you've got a pocket full of tags and mm-hmm. a box full of ammo, and whatever comes out that's legal to shoot, you can take it. Yep. Those are my favorite kind of hunts, man. I love those ones. When you have multiple species opportunities, you right. never know. You can just wake up every day and, ah, <laughs> what is nature going to send me today? <laughs> right, yeah. And you just strap on your boots and you head out for your walk or start riding for the day and get out to a glass and knob. And as long as it's a legal species, you can shoot it. Yeah. And uh, in, in some areas, it's a lot more uh, a lot more of a wide availability than others. Mm-hmm. And so that those are areas to look into as well. And again, that touches on maximizing your effectiveness of your time mm-hmm. and being efficient in the areas that you hunt. And if you can hunt an area that has a lot of caribou, but also has a good moose population, mm-hmm. you've got a better chance of bringing something home for the freezer than not. Right. Th- th- than if you just had a moose tag or just a caribou tag. Right. So anyway, just something to pay attention to. Yeah. So once you figure these parts out, you know where you're going to go, you know what you're going to go after. The next biggest part of planning your season is making sure you have the logistics for your hunt lined up ahead of time. And depending on the hunt, that varies in importance. But for some of them, if you don't line it up ahead of time and sometimes well ahead of time, it's not going to happen. Now, if that is a very in-depth thing to go over though so we are actually going to talk about that in a whole nother episode here but the important thing to remember is that make sure one your vehicle is Mm. maintained and up to date on all services Mm -hmm. if you need transportation get that figured out ahead of time whether it's a plane a boat a transporter a guide anything like that those services are going to be not only costly, so you'll want to make sure you budget for it, but also yeah. very busy. Yeah. And when you're, when you're getting your hopes up for a hunt and you really want it, the last thing you want to do is call for a transport and realize they're booked out until three years, three years from yeah. now. <laughs> Bummer. So do that in your actual planning phase. <laughs> right, you right. Do that well ahead of time. Right. And, but there are several several hunts you can go on that don't require hardly any logistics. Yeah. Right. Bear baiting for one. Yeah. There's hardly anything you really need to know there except for where to go and how you're going to get there. Yeah. Moose hunting, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Unless you're trying to get to these crazy far out areas. I would say that if you're going to use any kind of a transport service, you need to be calling them two years in advance. Right. At least. At least. That is standard operating procedure Mm -hmm. for a lot of these transporters in Alaska especially with the little bush plane flights that you got to take for, say, a sheep hunt. Yep. Or even a fly-out moose hunt to get dropped off somewhere and then picked back up. These transporters, especially right now, mm-hmm. in this uh, economy and in this time, for whatever reason, transporters are backed way out. I'm sure a lot of it had to do with COVID regulations. 
I'm sure a lot of guys postponed their hunts right. with yep. the unknown of COVID yep. and not knowing what was going to happen in Alaska. Exactly. Travel uh, travel restrictions, right. things like and that. And so a lot of folks postponed things and maybe we'll see that kind of work itself out of the excuse me, out of the system here in the next 5 years or so. Yep. But it might not. There's also a lot of pilots that aren't flying anymore for transport services in Alaska. Yeah. The ecotourism industry is increasing. Mm. And that is just as lucrative for pilots and they don't have to deal with meat yeah. and hunters. And there's probably more and, volume over yeah. a shorter amount of time. And you can do it you can do it whenever. It doesn't matter what season it is. Yeah. Because well it's just tourism. They're not shooting anything. Right. So a lot it's of these pilots, well, I, I've talked to several that are getting out of flying transport flights for hunters. Yep. Because they can make more money flying ecotourists yeah. right. and they don't get any blood on their airplane and and airplanes are very expensive to maintain yeah so, so anyway just so, book that well in advance yeah and, and we're going to go over a really i want to go over a really quick breakdown of yeah. how i view the seasons yeah and the priorities and how you can fit in however you okay. want to from there yeah and there's one last section of your planning that we're going to go over mm. okay so when you're looking at your year obviously you probably, hopefully, been doing some predator hunting through the winter, but that doesn't really take a, a super high amount of planning. The biggest thing you need to plan for is bear baiting. That comes early in the year, mm -hmm. you know, April through through June thirty, April fifteenth through June thirty, and you need to have all of your ready ahead of time. Mm -hmm. If you need a tree stand, now's the time to order it. Right. If yeah. you need uh, bait, you know, start. Cameras. Start start getting your your dog food supply yeah, built when up you, now. When you walk in in the middle of uh, May looking mm -hmm. for, for for dog food, <laughs> it's not going to be there. It, it, gonna be what's going to be there is the you know it, it's going to be a hundred a hundred bucks for a twenty pound bag. Yeah, and obviously I'm exaggerating, but man, it hurts when you. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting the old Roy's at that point. <laughs> Good old Roy. <laughs> old Roy's killed a lot of black bears. But yeah, but. cameras, things like that. Yes. Make sure you're getting those ahead of time. Right after bear baiting, though, mm -hmm. you have not only scouting, mm -hmm. as we covered, but fishing. Yeah. We don't talk a whole lot about fishing on this show, at least not yet. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to start covering fishing a lot more, especially as we get closer to the season. Yeah. Right. Fishing for a lot of people is a huge way to fill the freezer. Absolutely. And it is a, a, a fun trip to go on. You know, dip netting is a blast. You guys. You got deep sea fishing you can go on, charters. If you know somebody mm -hmm. with a boat, you can get out there. The, the regs get a little weird when you're chartering versus yeah. being out there on a boat. Right. And with the, the daily limits and things like that, they change it up depending on if, yeah. if you're using a commercial service. So make sure you're, you're keeping track of that. Yeah. But you can pull tons of meat yep. and get it in the freezer that way. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something I think a lot of people don't really prioritize. And yeah. I know in, in past years, I haven't. And right. that's one thing I'm changing this year. Yeah. Is I really want to prioritize getting a lot of fish in the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. I want to limit out on, on salmon. I'm going to go down there for halibut and rockfish and, and heck, I'd love to go do crabbing, you know, and, and yeah. some, throw out some shrimp pots if I can. They've closed down a bunch of that crabbing. We'll see they, how that goes. They but. have. Yeah. It's, it, it's hard to, to say what they're going to open. I don't even think they know yet, but yeah, but that's kind of the next thing going on there. The runs for salmon, kind of overlap with bear baiting, which is really the hardest part. Yeah. You get the, the, the runs coming through Chitna especially are going to be 
during June. Yeah. And June is the hot month for baits. Yep. That's when you've got... June is when God gives us the bear. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you get one before then, you're very lucky. Right. But that's when they're really hitting hard. They're all all moving. They're all Mm -hmm. awake. They're all coming around. The the moose calves have dropped. Yeah. Things like that. My my salmon fishing this year which my my family my parents they they go down every year and i used to go with them and then you know i got married and was building a house and all that kind of stuff we mentioned at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. but um this year i really want to do that but it is the end of june it's in the middle of baiting season right now, or at the end of baiting season that's the primary reason that i don't go make a priority and of salmon because i'd rather kill big bears if, and, if and, I, and that falls back to the priority thing right yeah. right now and if now my plan this year if I've killed bears, mm-hmm. now that's a trip that's pretty much already set up. I just got to say, hey, mind if I don't come along and he'll be glad to have the help, right? And hopefully, and we'll be able to catch more fish and, and all yep. that kind of stuff. And, um, but yeah, for me, like bear baiting is going to take priority. Yeah. And if I've, but if I've killed some bears, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly go down. If I haven't killed bears and for whatever reason my baits are not turning anything up, well, mm-hmm. then I'll probably go down because right. guess what? I need, like I said, I need the meat. Right. But mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And, and that's and that's a, a, a big thing I've struggled with in the past. And it's something I'm trying to change this year. Right. I'm hoping I can pull. The baits have been looking better and better every year. And I'm really hoping to be able to pull at least my portion. Right. Where I can then I don't know, send the wife to the bait and I'll go fish. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know. Bring me back a big one, baby. Yeah. But that's a huge thing to, to put in there. If you are not a fisherman mm-hmm. and you're not trying to get out there and, and provide that meat for your family, by all means, stay at the bear bait. We highly recommend that. Yeah. And spend your July out there scouting, as we mm-hmm. talked about. Now, yeah. after July, things really start to ramp up. Yeah. In August, you've got sheep that opens up. Yeah. You've got August 10th. August 10th. Opens up. I believe August 10th is majority of caribou as well in the state. Yeah. So you can start going after mm-hmm. those ones. And this is why you need to be planning this out ahead of time. June 30th comes quick. Oh, yeah. Every year I set the bait out and I cannot <laughs> believe I blink and I'm tearing it back down again. Yeah. And then I blink again and caribou's open. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it is very hard to yep. stay on top of it. But August, you've got sheep and caribou mm-hmm. at least. Blacktail deer opens up August 1st in a lot of places down in Southeast. Yep. yep. Am I forgetting any more that you know? Not the big Wolves ones. are open in August in a lot of places. In a yes. lot of places, yeah. yeah. That's true. Yep. Wolves. And please and, shoot wolves while you're out hunting. Yes. If it's legal to shoot them kill them and, and i believe in august a bunch of grizzly opens back up as well is that correct a lot of areas not grizzlies area, opens but, back up in august some areas it's the fifth some areas it's even like july 25th some areas mm-hmm. it's the 15th and some areas it's in september yeah yes. i know some areas are yes for instance our home subunit of 20b doesn't reopen for grizzly bears until september 1st mm-hmm. which is ridiculous yeah i do not approve of that but so, you know what do i know on on the um <laughs> on the wolf thing real quick yeah you know, it, you don't really plan a wolf hunt, at least not around the rest of these, unless you know a really good spot where there's a lot of wolves mm-hmm. and sure. you've got the time on the weekend sure. or whatever. But a wolf is a big game animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's not just a small little fur bearer that you may not think anything of taking. Right. Um, if you kill a big enough wolf, I, and I have a, a wolf that I've shot that if I ever actually get online and do the stuff, it'll be in mm-hmm. the uh, SCI record book. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was very big. It met, met the standard for the gold and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, whatever that means. But it's a big game animal and it's mm-hmm. totally eligible for the record books. It's not like you're mm-hmm. just shooting something and throwing it away. It I mean, ain't you've like got a beautiful a coyote. No, no, it's yeah. not. Although coyotes aren't the worst thing to shoot either, you know. No. But yeah. No. Uh anyhow, I just wanted to throw that yeah, out there. It's I I think that predator hunting in general, talking about uh predators that that uh that hunt big game. Mm-hmm. We're talking about wolves, we're talking about bears. Right. In Alaska. Black bears, grizzly bears, brown bears, wolves. Okay. If that season's open and you're not specifically targeting bears or wolves and you see a bear or a wolf, as long as it's illegal mm-hmm. within season limits and as long as it doesn't have cubs if it's a bear, man, open up. Shoot it. It's an opportunistic kind of thing. People love to talk about, well, our ungulate population in Alaska has dwindled greatly. And we don't have the resources that we used to have. Well, we're not killing wolves with uh, with hand grenade cyanide bombs now, anyway. Mm. Um, <laughs> not anymore. We're not gunning down wolf packs from airplanes like we used to. Do we yeah. know anything about like wolves numbers today and forty years ago? No, but that's no, a good idea for the next episode. That's a really it, it, good it's idea available to touch information. On that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely bring that up. But people love to talk about how, you know, the sheep are having a hard time. And the sheep is a bad example because a lot of that has to do with the winters. There's a lot of contributing but, factors. And, and not to say that that doesn't have anything to do with the caribou and moose either, but there is a whole lot that we can be doing as outdoorsmen mm-hmm. to help them out. You know, you, you figure if you shoot a wolf, how many moose are you saving? How many caribou are you saving? Yeah. If you shoot a grizzly bear that's really good at killing moose, how many moose? Yeah. How how many more moose? Right. Would that bear have killed in his remaining years? Well, and again, people look at the stats of well, a, a wolf can eat this many caribou in a year. Yeah. It doesn't mean that's how many caribou it's going to kill in a year. No. Yeah. Predators like wolves, and I, I know we've said that. Cats do this as well. Yeah. You've got mountain the mountain lions, lions and yeah. things. They will right. kill for sport. Absolutely. They will kill yeah. just to train their young how to they kill. They just kill to and kill. And they'll leave them lay. Yeah. They might come back to them and try to gnaw on them. Yeah. Right. But they will they will go out there and kill as many yes. caribou as they can get their, their teeth and into. I'm not saying that I'm for the idea that there shouldn't be any predators because there no. needs to be a balance of predator and prey management. And that's the word and you used is balance. And that's hunters are predators mm-hmm. and it is impossible and it is unreasonable for an outdoorsman to look at Alaska or any state for that matter. Right. And say, well, I don't understand why 50 years ago, there was so many more animals to shoot up here, so many more moose, so many more caribou, so many more deer or sheep. But you haven't done your part to reduce the predator population to offset your right, increase right. of killing mm-hmm. them. Okay. And and for those listening in the lower 48, the, the wolf population up here is not like it is down in the no. States. They're no. not endangered. No. The estimate, I'm just looking at it right now, the estimate is anywhere from 7,000 to 11,000 wolves. 11,000. Thousand. That's a lot of wolves in the a state. Lot of wolves. It's a lot of wolves. They're not in seven thousand is a lot of wolves. Yeah. But somewhere shooting shooting the gap in between there is Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is a lot of dogs, man. Well, I have taken two out of that population personally. <laughs> yep. But yep. if every hunter, you know, and I you know, I don't Dalton, you got one once, right? Or did that no, you've gotten a couple, I thought. Uh, I sh- I've shot a couple. Yeah. Okay. I helped you skin okay. the one. 
Yep, I've shot a couple. Okay, yeah. I mean, if every hunter does that, I mean, it just takes one or two in their life. Because wolves aren't easy. <laughs> even the no. ones that, e- even the ones that you find right. moose hunting. I mean, they're more of an right. animal of opportunity because trying yep. to hunt them. Yep. Can be very, very frustrating. They're very intelligent. But just animals. to give like an, just to give a visual, and these are not hard and fast numbers. Okay. I, I'm not using real data, mm-hmm. but let's just say that we're looking at a hundred ungulates and ten predators. Mm-hmm. If those ten predators kill, I don't know. Let's just say thirty ungulates per mm-hmm. year. Then that is balance. Because every year, the ungulates reproduce at a 35% rate. So every year, they replace mm-hmm. and grow off of what they had the previous year. Which is how it's designed. That's how it's designed. That's what you said is balance. Mm-hmm. That way they don't overgraze. That way they don't get too few. They don't get too mm-hmm. many. They can protect themselves. Anyway, all that, all, all that on the table. If you introduce 10 hunters... Well, now those 10 hunters are all trying to kill the same animals mm-hmm. that those 10 predators are. Mm-hmm. And if you don't knock out a few of those predators to balance the predator effect mm-hmm. on the ungulates, then you have, you're amplifying the force upon these ungulates. And on top of that, then you're expecting the ungulates to survive these harsh winters and go through their normal swings of up and down. That's why these swings are so extreme well, because we shoot and shoot and shoot and the bears and wolves eat and eat and eat. And then when the caribou crash, they really crash. Well, and, and these predators it takes aren't a lot operating. Longer. It takes a lot longer for them to come back than if right. they were yeah. maintained at a balanced level over time. Well, and these predators aren't operating under management systems they're not they're <laughs> right. not operating under a full curl or yeah. a 54 brow right. tine yeah they are typically targeting like let's just use cow moose as yeah. an example right yeah they're late in, late in the winter and calves. a pregnant yeah. cow moose yeah. is an easy picking right. target because right. she's she's a lot larger than she normally is yeah. not as nimble yeah she's got a, a baby that is absorbing nutrients from her body so she's having to eat more and if it's a bad winter and there's not more right so now she's more lean now she's not as energized right they're not going to go after the 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 big bulls that are that are in good shape and can run they're going after the cow that they can wear down and chase down and she's going to get tired yeah and now you not only lost that moose but you lost the next moose as well that's the way these animals operate. Grizzly yeah. bears, for instance, they're yeah. one of their favorite foods in the spring is, is moose calves. Yeah. They will wait until they drop and then run in and yep. and grab the calf and run off. Yeah. There's there's videos of it. You can oh, go see. Absolutely. And yeah. they're bring they're not taking that out makes it, that the, makes the big it bulls that have worse. already given that their genetics e- to the environment. They're right. taking out the ones right. that are adding their yes. genetics to the environment. Yes. That's what I just gonna say is it makes it even worse in that comparison because we're shooting legal rams, legal yeah. bulls, males by design, by design yeah. to help grow the population and shoot out moose and caribou and rams that have already 
mm-hmm. passed on their genetics and reproduced. I think right. when we were talking about the sheep, it was like eight years they had to breed before they reached full curl or something like that. Or not eight years, uh, it was six years or six and a half years. Yeah, six they re- and a they, half they years if you at, shoot one at eight years old right, because yeah. they are sexually six mature half years. at what, a year and a half, I think it's Something said? like that, it was, yeah. It was crazy yeah. young. Yeah. But- those wolves are not just killing legal bulls and legal <laughs> rams. They're killing cows and calves and multiples and mm-hmm. everything. Chances are they're not killing legal bulls and legal right. rams. Right, right. And that's how the big bulls get to be big because they get away. Yep. And they, they fight them off. And they end up with this great big set of antlers. That... Yeah. Very deterring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, so that, that you know, I, I, I guess we went off on a little tangent there, but predators when you're hunting man. absolutely don't pass up on a legal bear or a wolf if it's you know if you're on a moose hunt and don't don't use the argument well i don't want to run any moose out of my area if you leave that wolf alone he's going to do all that <laughs> yeah. for you yeah. i have and hunted. they ain't going to come back yeah he'll, have, he'll run five out of that area. i have yeah. been hunting and watching moose for days yeah wolves will move through yeah and i don't see another moose for three or four days yep, yep. It can it can totally change your hunt now? If you shoot a wolf, it can completely ruin your hunt. And because you see it, well, shooting a wolf won't ruin your hunt. No, 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 no. no right. Yeah. But, but but allowing it to roam, especially yeah. if there's a pack of them working in there, mm-hmm. and they stay there for two or three days. Yeah. Man, you won't hear a moose grunt yeah. for now, nothing. Now, if you shoot a They'll wolf, go radio silent. That can move move that pack. Yeah. If even if you if one runs out. To, oh yeah. To get maybe you got another kill there or something, and they're oh, going yeah. for scraps or whatever's going on. If, yeah. if you see a wolf and you can. Shoot it, shoot it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's both, I've killed both of mine, both moose hunting. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Opportunistic. It, it yep. won't ruin your hunt. If anything, it'll make your future hunts better. Yep. And protect the species. Hey guys, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you've likely heard Dalton and I go back and forth about bullet construction. Now I like rapid expanding bonded core bullets that leave massive wound channels. I've also stated I would never use a monolithic bullet. Well, I'm here to tell you about the company that finally changed my mind. Hammer Bullets produces what I would consider the most premium and best working monolithic bullets on the market today. These bullets are designed so that after penetrating the hide of an animal, the front half of the bullet explodes, shedding its petals and imparting massive damage to the vital areas while retaining the rear shank for maximum penetration, effectively closing the gap between lead core and monolithic construction. The guys at Hammer designed these bullets with 100% focus on how they perform once they reach their destination. But don't let that fool you. These bullets have amazing VCs and have specialized pressure groups built in for amazing inherent accuracy. They have a minimum velocity rating of 1800 feet per second, which allows for long range shots, but have no maximum velocity, making them perfect for every cartridge from your granddaddy's old 3030 to the high velocity rounds like the Weatherby 3378 without having to worry about your bullet failing. They've also recently partnered with Weatherby to provide factory ammunition for a multitude of cartridges. To view their expansive selection and find the perfect match for your hunting needs, go to hammerbullets.com to buy yours today and drop the hammer on your next adventure. I think the last thing we should cover here before we wrap this one up, and this is arguably one of the most important things for planning your hunting year wherever you're at but we're talking about especially with alaska Mm -hmm. is physical fitness yes physical fitness is talked about a lot today Mm -hmm. there are a lot of folks that love to spend a lot of time in the gym but unfortunately a lot of those people aren't hunters and you see a lot of people in the woods every single year 
And you feel bad for their four wheeler, <laughs> you know, um, squatting through the woods, pulling their fat butt down the trail. And uh, that guy won't get up and walk a quarter mile to go shoot a caribou or yeah, a moose. Right. He won't shoot anything unless he can get his wheeler to it. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wanting to get motorized access because mm-hmm. of difficulty. Mm-hmm. But it, if especially you can. If you can improve your chances of success by mm-hmm. being in better physical shape, then you should do that. I was going to say, especially if you have a physical condition where, yes. let's say, you can't be in yes. prime shape. Right. But but if but it's just that if you're being out of the equation, if you're looking at your maps, planning your sheep hunt while eating a bag of Cheetos, yeah. I got news for you, man. I mean, I've done that before, <laughs> but, you know. I mean, I mean. Depends on your metabolism. Yeah. Again, wait till 30. <laughs> but, <laughs> but staying in good physical condition is not something that you can just you can't just expect your genetics to take over even yeah. if you have a good metabolism that doesn't right. mean that you being skinny means you're in shape right i'm not a big guy and i'm not a big muscle bound guy mm-hmm. either and if i don't exercise ahead of hunting season mm-hmm. and and get my shoulders and my back and my core and my legs back in the rhythm of of hiking around with a heavy pack all the time yep then that first week of hunting i mean it pretty yeah. much sucks yeah you know? even just throwing that bag of 50 pound bag of dog food on your back and, and yeah. Yeah. climbing through yeah. the especially, or something. especially if you've got a bear bait that you've got to walk yeah. into and you've got a pack frame in your dog food i, I mean it's, i i buck up i put mm-hmm. on two bags at a time 100 pounds man yeah because i don't want to make two trips right, right. and sometimes <laughs> right. i have to make two trips with 100 pounds of load anyway <laughs> But that's when you know you got a good one. Yeah, well, yeah. If you got to give them two hundred pounds per trip, then yeah, you're you better be killing something on that. One. <laughs> uh, but you know, especially like for sheep hunting, you know, yeah. I, I think fitness is, I think it's talked about to such an extent that people just get tired of hearing about it. And there's all the crappy ads there on are Facebook. So and many companies, fake companies. If if you want to get fit, stop running on the treadmill. Yeah. Or stop running on your stair climber. Don't eat eggs. Yeah. Like, and, and all these clickbaity type mm-hmm. things. Yeah. I'm not saying that you have to go get a gym membership. Take your pack, mm-hmm. go to Lowe's or Home Depot and get a 60-pound bag of sand. Yep. Put that in a contractor bag, pro tip, and put that <laughs> in your backpack. Strap that baby on and do lunges in your living room mm-hmm. while you're watching a sports event or something. Yeah. Do lunges in your living room. Do sit-ups. Do push-ups with the pack on. Yeah. Do crunches. Do whatever you got to do. And then when it comes to this time of year in March and you have a sunny afternoon after you get off of work mm-hmm. and it's above zero, put on a jacket, put on your hunting boots, strap on your pack, and go walk a mile or two yeah. or three. I've been doing that. And it helps That's, me tremendously to get me back in that rhythm of carrying a heavy load all the time while you're outside. Yeah, that's that's one thing I've been trying to do as well is because where I live, I'm kind of in the hills yeah. and there's a yeah. boatload of trails out behind my house. Right. And yeah, just throwing a heavy pack on, yep. gearing up. I mean, once you get half a mile down the trail, you're warm anyway, so it oh, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, you know, yeah. since we're, uh, but you can practice mm-hmm. those hikes practice that right marching. right you know, it, it's yeah. it's the same you, you fall back to what what does the military do when you're when <laughs> yeah. you're training to go overseas yeah you're rucking yeah. Yeah. and you will ruck march your butt off in, in the summertime <laughs> guys in the summertime on, on the sidewalk over here yeah every day there's there's a group of guys going that way and, and yeah eventually they're coming back the other way yeah and, and, and i feel sorry for them and there's a reason for that i mean i say i feel sorry for them 
But then again, I'm outside in the sun burning, probably working just as hard as <laughs> it's the whole they're thing. walking. When I'm moving on out there, I'm running most of the time. <laughs> you so. also don't have a 70 pound pack on your back. True. Honestly, most of the time, those guys don't have packs on. I don't know what they're oh, doing. Oh, really? Sometimes they do, sometimes they I'll don't. I was going to say, but. rock marching is like the whole reason my back's messed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, well, staying in good physical shape is very important. We're not going to get into a whole lot of right, details right. about it right now. Well, so one thing I do want to do okay. is let's, and just because I want to touch on something. But can I uh, touch on something with the packs real quick, since we're talking about that? Sure. I, it, it, it's just real fast. Yeah. Can't say no, no, absolutely. You can't say no now. No, no, you can't. I, I <laughs> not, asked no, nicely. I'm not, smiling. No. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. So all I was going to say was, if you have your sixty pounds of gear, you're taking on your sheep hunt or yeah. whatever you're doing. Yeah. Or go buy your buy your bag of dog food. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, it's a really good way to practice how you're going to pack your bag because yeah. trust me if you pack your bag for the first time and even go on a couple day hunt you're going to find it's not right yeah and you don't like it pack figure out how you're packing your bag with your gear mm-hmm. yeah. when you go to do your hunt do your do your mile walk or your 10 mile walk or whatever you're going to do yeah you yep. know, there's a lot of hiking trails around here you've got take it done that with your pack packed it and just yep. okay yep. i'm going on a hike sure yep. why not whatever yep. yeah L- let me let me grab my bag anyway yeah, and, and, and that's that falls back a hundred percent to, I mean, I guess you could say train the way you fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're going to be out there wearing that pack and hiking, train how you fight, fight how you train, and you know you're going to be heading ten miles back in there. Don't let that be the first ten mile hike you've gone on with that pack. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so one thing I want to do real quick is we'll go around the table and just kind of go into a, a brief overview of what we do that helps us with our hunts. Okay. The biggest thing I want to point out is cardio for me, mm. but that's because I'm fat. I'm, I'm not you're, actually you're that not fat, fat, but, fat, but <laughs> yeah. compared to when I was your age, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so cardio kind of gets overlooked. And when I say cardio, I'm not talking running. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying go on the treadmill and run. You can, that'll help build it. But the ability to control your breathing mm. when you get in a labored situation, yeah. when you're one mile up the three mile uphill stretch you have to go up and or even just bear baiting right if you're hauling a whole bear out of the woods because you don't want to gut it at the bait or you are bringing in multiple bags of dog food and you're you're baited on an incline Mm -hmm. and you have to get either up to the bait or you're you're hauling something out heavy to the truck Mm -hmm. it's really easy to let your breathing get out of control yeah you you end up with the You know, and, and when you get in that situation, you can't control your muscles for one. Yeah. You're not getting enough actual oxygen to your muscles. Yeah. And so you get fatigued much faster. Mm-hmm. You're also, the, the, the offside of that is you're not prepared when you don't have good cardio. If you have to run, you know, you, know, you had mentioned mm-hmm. in your moose story, you had to run to get to a good shooting spot. If you lay down prone. I not only had to run. I had to run uphill through, through knee-high alders. Right. All of which just adds to the amount of strain on the muscles. But when you get to, let's say you're in a situation like that. Yeah. If you get down behind your gun and you are heaving mm-hmm. because you're out of breath, yeah. that's not a good situation to be in when you want right. to go take a nice, precise shot. Right. Yeah. If you are walking into the bear bait or leaving the bear bait and you are heaving and you're breathing and just fighting to get that next breath of air right you're not aware of your surroundings mm-hmm. you're not paying attention to what's around you all of that leads to 
just working on your cardio. Not only does it help with your endurance, you're able to get to the right. next place you're trying to get to, but you're also more in the moment. You can enjoy it. You don't yeah. feel like you're dying when you're trying to get out there. Yeah. But you're able to take a shot if you need to. You're able to be mm-hmm. aware of what's around you. You're able to just be an all, it'll be an all around better experience. And so, so that is one yeah. thing I, I think is very important to focus on as, as a first topic. I, yeah. I agree. And with that, I mean, with the shooting thing, I mean, if, if you don't know that you can make a steady shot when you're out of breath, because there's any number of things, even if you're in good cardio shape that can just yeah. all of a sudden you can be out of breath Yeah, and uh, do some practice, run, run in circles with a hundred pounds on your mm-hmm. back until you're out of breath, drop right. down and see how long it takes you to make a good shot. I've seen guys do that at the range. That. Yeah. You know, when I'm sitting at the Cushman range, I've seen guys that'll run all the way back mm-hmm. to the tree line and then back. I've and never done that. Times and I'm, then try to make a shot. And that's, I, I applaud them. That's, I'm, you know, still, like I mentioned earlier, I'm pretty young. I've at a place. <laughs> now, I haven't gone on a walk-in bear bait with Dalton recently, but I haven't gone on a walk-in bear bait in a long time where mm-hmm. I haven't out, you know, I may not try to show it off and I may walk behind them, but when they're stopping to take a break, I'm still ready to charge ahead. Yeah. I've never been to a place. Now, I work construction and especially in the summertime, I am busting my butt mm-hmm. in a lot of outdoor projects and stuff like that. So that right. probably has a lot to help keep my cardio up right but um you know for me a lot of the preparedness is the big thing for me honestly is making sure my wheelers in good order Mm -hmm. like you mentioned making sure my trucks in good order um just running down gear lists you know bear baits kind of like you said the biggest thing that planning um for me i I like to get the uh i I just start at some point start going through start collecting the Mm -hmm. stuff i'm taking you know a, a list is all well and good but if you think you know where it's at, you know, I have, you know, right now I've got a shed that I think I can find stuff in. <laughs> it's like a lot of people's garages. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. And, you know, I've got a crawl space and, um, and, and I'm married now and I'm great, very grateful for the fact that my wife at one point after we got married decided to go through a bunch of my old hunting stuff that I hadn't used in a long time. Mm. She actually found some mold in there. So <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> but, you know, she went through it all, then like folded, washed it and folded it and packed it all away. Mm-hmm. And I love you, honey, but I've had a hard time finding things <laughs> that I knew was in that orange bag. <laughs> um, now, she's, she's, I, I, I don't want to make that sound like I'm ungrateful. I'm no. not. The stuff I use all the time and the good stuff, she knows, she's but very it, careful about asking me about moving things. But if you're going to make a code, help me decode it. <laughs> well, saying. and it's, it, it's mostly that she's, you know, she's, and, and more often than not, it's the fact that I thought I knew where something was. Right. And like, I know it was in that orange yeah. bag. She's like, yeah. well, I put everything that was in there in those three totes yeah. where it's neatly folded now, right? Yeah. And I can't find it. And then I find it in, under the seat in my truck or in a box in my shirt, right. which and it, means... And it was never in the bag to begin with. Exactly. So <laughs> most of the time, that's the case. Um, so for me, the biggest thing is just finding the stuff I think I have. Yeah. You know, before, before, that's a good I, point. Yeah. before I head to the field. And yeah, don't, don't wait till the last minute to, right. to collect your items. Because it might be a $100 item. It might be a couple $100 items. Mm-hmm. You know, and for me, that's not necessarily a great big deal to grab right before I go on a hunt. But you never know what's going to come up. And it's a lot better just to know that you have it. And if you need yeah. to budget for it, whatever you need to do. Well, and splitting it up, if, if you need, let's say, 10 new pieces of equipment. Right. And they're $200 each. That's, that's, that's very low ball for, for the good hunting gear. You know, but you can make it happen with some mm-hmm. of the some of the more affordable stuff. And 
I'll, I'll caveat off that in a second, but breaking it off or breaking it up one piece of gear per payday mm-hmm. is a lot less painful than realizing <laughs> you need all 10 right before you leave. And emptying yeah. your savings and two days before, savings you, before you hit the field. And then you have no experience with any of those items. Right, yeah. You know, it's not great going into the field. Yeah. You know, and I've walked into guys with the bear baits and they're unpacking the camera mm-hmm. from the plastic packaging <laughs> at the store at the bear bait. Wait, what? This thing didn't come with an SD card? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you were there seen, with I that have, guy, weren't you? I've seen yeah. that happen. They yeah. don't include an SD card what, with this camera? I'm like, yeah, yeah, they never do. What do you mean you don't have yeah. an SD card? What do you didn't mean you don't have see, batteries? You know? Didn't like, you see the rack yeah. right next to the cameras that sold SD cards and double anyway. Real, Real quick before, before Dalton chimes in on his, okay. I want to say if as you're planning your hunt, if you realize that with the time off you're given and the, the budget you're allowed to use for it doesn't allow you to get the top quality gear and some of the, even some of the mm-hmm. stuff we recommend here, yeah. don't let that dissuade your plans. No. Again, life is finite. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better to be out there doing what you love, chasing what you want to chase with a maybe subpar but affordable yeah. piece of gear that right. will work just maybe not as good as some other things than it is to sit back and be like well i can't afford the kuyu so i'm not going two seventy dollar cameras is a lot better than one hundred and fifty dollar camera yeah yes most of the time if you get the right there's we, we, some there's yeah, some garbage dude, ones every time oh dude, every time <laughs> my first year i got a four pack for 80 bucks and didn't I'm, work I'm, out so good I'm not gonna I'm not gonna plug the name, but it, <laughs> it was so horrible. They didn't even have timestamps. I was, I was trying to judge when bears were there based on whether it was bright or dark outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that doesn't work very well. It's a very broad. Spectrum I've um there. I've for years all I used, and it's it's nice sometimes because they're cheap. But Primos proof the number ones, and they make the one, two, and the three. And the difference isn't much between them, and the price isn't that a lot either. But mm-hmm. the Primos proof is like seventy bucks. And we were just looking at pictures today of great quality pictures, mm-hmm. super simple, the way they set up. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I, I'm not, I'm not trying <laughs> to necessarily say that's who you should buy, but, but all I'm trying to say is buying a camera that works. You know, do some research. Yeah. We've got Google, and yeah, for the mo- there's a lot of things we're gonna say stay away from the forums for. Right. Yeah. But when oh, it comes dude. to so much, yeah. when it comes to gear reviews. Sometimes a forum is a great place to find it. Yes. Right. And, and and the stuff, you know, even when it comes to clothing, even yeah. when it comes to backpacks, if you can't afford the $700 backpack, yeah. they have more affordable options that, yeah, your shoulders might get a little more sore and it, you know, the, the pack board that costs $80 isn't going to carry a, a, a load of right. that moose's hind quarter as easy as a $250 pack board will. But it gets you out there. It a, gets you in the woods. A and halfway that is more important. Quality pack frame in a dry bag mm-hmm. can get you a long right. way for a long time. And guess what? Your gear's dry. And that $700 pack may not even be waterproof, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But guess what? You get in the woods. You get to try <laughs> the thing. Let's say you you buy the the good but affordable gear and you go out bear baiting and you just, for some reason that I can't understand, decide you don't like it. Well, then you didn't invest. Six hundred dollars in a in a tree stand and a bunch of oh my, money yeah. in in clothing specifically for it, and you didn't invest a ton of money in cameras. I mean, cameras can get very expensive. You know, I've but never. And when you get to those higher tiers, there's a reason they're expensive. At but, this point, and it might change this year, 
because I might want to be more comfortable. I have one comfortable stand, but I've never spent more than 50 bucks on a tree stand. And that's because I have a bottom all used. Oh, man. You got to get a Comfort King. Get the I, Comfort I have King. One, you got to get one, bro. I don't remember what brand it is. I have one <laughs> extremely comfortable stand. but It's, uh, it's it, made by Primal, right? Yeah. Am, am I right on that? I, yeah. I, so it's I made by Primal, so. and it is the most comfortable stand. How much is it? 150. Yeah, 150 oh, that's bucks. That's yeah. not bad at all. No. I bought two of them last year. It's huge. From now on, if I'm sitting in a tree stand and it's not a comfort king, then it's not me in the tree stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, and some of that falls back to, I, I've had this conversation <laughs> with other people where if you're sitting in one of those little tiny stands that has a seat no wider than your butt and you have to tuck your feet underneath you. Or half you, the width of your butt. Or half the width half of your butt. The width. And yeah. you have to tuck your feet underneath you because your, your platform is mm-hmm. not very big and then you can't really get a blind around you because you have no shooter's rail or you know you can't maybe can't build yeah. something properly and so then you're having to sit there with your hands on your knees and you're having to be completely still and you've got mosquitoes swarming your face and you're yeah there's just hey, it's so nice it, i've it, killed it, bears it, off of those stands i'm not i, I know and it, i'm not it, saying you can't that's all you what can I'm, afford I'm, I'm not saying you can't what i'm saying is the more comfortable you are easier the, just the, to fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> that's very true yeah. but the longer Sorry, I, just, I just couldn't help it the yeah. longer you're going to be able to sit yeah and yeah. the more comfortable you're going to be and so the longer you're going to want to sit right you, the difference can be are you two hours into a sit and you're sitting there with your bones are aching and you're mm-hmm. you just want to stretch your leg out but you can't because you can't make the movement because you don't have your legs hidden and there's just you know or if you can be sitting there in a comfort king and you're leaned back a little bit and you got a nice big platform for your feet yeah. and you can kick your legs out. Again, I have long legs, so Actually, that's a big problem for me. What, what I want to do for bear baiting and not to go off into a huge tangent, but you know what I want? We like tangents here. It's okay. I, I know. And we're at the end of the podcast. I mean, it's only like 12 people still listening anyway. I'm joking, but um, I want a tree saddle. I've heard, I've heard of guys sitting in those things for 12 hours without an issue. And especially for bow hunting, being I, able to swing and make those turns. I don't know. I want to give one a shot. I might try so to do that this year. I used to gaff telephone poles for a living. Mm-hmm. And I've used a setup similar to that. And it's not. Yeah, but that wasn't I, I don't know. I, I would be very, very uh, hesitant to try that. But if you want to and bring a review, I'm all about that. I'm definitely willing to try it for bow hunting. But I would rather sit on the ground for, you know, yeah. if, if I don't really care what I shoot the bear with, bow or rifle, right. then uh, I'd just as soon just shoot it with a rifle from the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. I, yeah. I really like the idea for like walk-in hunts and stuff, especially walk-in baiting, like, it, you know, hiking areas. Yeah. Um, you know, I it looks like a really, uh, you, I mean, you can get on where you strap a platform to the tree that you stand on. You can oh, sure. lean up against a tree and stand there free yeah, for a little right. bit if you need to. Right. There's, there's, and there's, you know, dozens and dozens of yep. options, and they they run from cheap to a thousand dollars. Well, <laughs> we can go over a whole lot more. We about can, this we sure in, can. <laughs> in the bear baiting episodes, we for sure have coming up. But so, Dalton, as far as preparedness, being physical fitness or anything else that that might be like a top tier preparedness thing for you as you're going into your year. For physical fitness, I would say the number one thing that I have found that has helped me out the most physically is actually not getting to the gym. Mm -hmm. It's got nothing to do with that. Like I said, I do pack training this time of year. Yeah, I I strap on a backpack 
uh, whether it's one hunting pack that I use or another, it doesn't really matter. It's just about getting used to the weight again mm-hmm. after a six month break of winter. And like I said, it's usually around that 60 pound range of a sandbag. Some, some days I'll double up and go 120 pounds for a couple of miles. And that's, that's a workout. All right. <laughs> um, but a big improvement that I have seen with my own stamina and endurance and I can outwalk a good number of people. You know, I'm I'm tall. I got long legs. It's, yeah, it, I I'm always getting complained at by others around me. Well, you walk too fast. Mm-hmm. Tell me about That's, it. It is what it is, <laughs> man. I just I walk fast <laughs> sometimes, but especially when I'm hunting. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on a mission. If I'm at a bear bait, you know, I I tend to leave people. 30 yards behind me and yeah. I have to stop and let them catch up because I don't want to be separated like that. That but. used to be me and you, yeah, but you well, were the one getting left behind. That was a long time ago. <laughs> a lot's changed yeah. since then. Um, but the thing that I have noticed that's made a big improvement for me and I have noticed give me faster results for how quickly I can regain my stamina with, with hiking with a pack over the course of a couple of miles or more is my breathing control. And I heard this somewhere else um, from someone that is big into the fitness world, mm-hmm. and they recommended, um, uh, so for 10 seconds every minute while you're going, you hold your breath. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And you hike 10 seconds, and you count it off in your head, and then you breathe normally for 50, and then 10 seconds are you yep. talking about while you're actively hunting or is this like no, a no, practice no. lead up no, to no, it? No, no, no. This is while I'm training. While you're training. While okay. I'm, yeah. while I'm mm-hmm. hiking with a heavy pack. Yeah. While I'm just going along. Don't slow down. Don't speed up. Yep. And then the next time you go out or, or, or after two or three times of that, when you can get used to that, do it for 20 seconds. Okay. And go incrementally up like that. And right now I'm at 40 seconds on. And so what is that? That just trains your muscles to kind of like operate in that lower, lower oxygen state. The way that I understood it was that it helps you, it it helps to train your body to operate efficiently Mm -hmm. with your oxygen transfer. Right. Now, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't understand all of that. That's the way I heard it explained. I right. could be wrong, right. but I, I believe that was the reason that they I just gave. never heard that, so I'm so, fascinated. Yeah, and I have noticed my heart rate staying at a very stable beats per minute mm-hmm. after I've done that. Or it'll and, even go up and then drop, right? Yeah. Yep. But when I stop and I take nice, good breaths yeah. in and out, not all the way in and then all the way out, you know, right. all, all the way to the top, all the way to the bottom, just normal breaths. Just mm-hmm. control it. Control your breathing. Just breathe normally. Take deep breaths. Yep. My heart rate returns to normal much faster yeah. mm-hmm. than it did when I was just going, 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 like you said, just a mouth breather, just, uh, 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 <laughs> exactly. and you're just gassed. And then when you stop, right. you lean over on your poles and you're just, <laughs> you're just done. Yeah. And you're only a mile into it. You know? Right. But I have noticed with that breathing control, and, 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 you know, like I said, 10 seconds and 50 seconds mm-hmm. of normal. And then 10, 10 seconds holding it, 50 seconds normal. Yeah. Right now I'm doing it. And this is just, I've developed kind of my own, you know, times that I try it for. I'm just experimenting mm-hmm. with it. Like, how long can I go? Yeah. And obviously be safe with it. 
<laughs> don't, yeah. don't pass out with a pack on <laughs> and then tell no your limit that, yeah <laughs> but right now i i went from 10 50 to 20 40 to 30 30 yeah and right now i am at 40 20 and that's hard yeah that's really really hard for me uh and, and maybe maybe it shouldn't be maybe mm-hmm. i'm just you know maybe i'm not getting the right amount of transfer and I'm not, again, I'm not going breakneck speed. Right. And I don't do this until my heart rate is elevated. Yeah. When, when I'm probably a half mile in, and I'm not taking breaks either. I mean, I'm going at a nice steady clip. Mm-hmm. I'm walking a hiking trail or even yeah. a sidewalk just down the side of the road somewhere. And I'll do a couple of mile loop with that pack on. And I start that breathing exercise about a half mile in. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it the whole time. I'll do this for about 30 minutes. Yeah. And then I'll just hike like normal and just take nice in and out, in and out breaths. But it, it's, it's helped me a lot with mm-hmm. controlling that breathing so that if you do have to, whoa, there's a moose, and you stop and you right. pull up your rifle and take a shot, your breathing is already under control. Right. Mm-hmm. You're and, not, <gasps> and, the, and, and the reticles is floating and, all and around that And your heart rate's moose. racing. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And people say, well, I, I can feel my heart rate. I can mm-hmm. feel my heart in my chest, you know, and I, I felt like my heart was going to leap out of my throat. I don't have that feeling yeah. when I stop. And, and that, so I, anyway, just from yeah. a physical standpoint, that has helped me okay. a lot recently. So, and, uh, James, what you said about cardio, mm-hmm. what Dalton just described is one of the best ways you can train that while yeah. carrying your heavy pack. Well, yeah. and, and one, one kickoff I have is a, a little trick that I do that I developed back in the military days was I will, and this isn't a training thing. This is more of just a functionality thing. And if it works for you, great, try it out. But it works for me is I pace my breathing off my left foot. Mm. So as I'm walking, if I, as my left foot comes down, I breathe in and then I extend my right foot out, move forward. And as my left foot comes back down again, I breathe out Yeah, and then fall through. Every mm-hmm. time my left foot hits the ground, I'm either breathing in I have or breathing out. I have the exact same thing. And so what that does is it yeah. kind of forces you rather than getting that, that, that rapid breathing, it kind of forces you to hold right. the oxygen in a little bit longer mm-hmm. and it allows your body to, at least in my head, the way it works is it kind of allows your body to absorb more of that oxygen before you you exhale right and the cool thing with that little hack is that if you speed up your pace well then you speed up your breathing Mm -hmm. and then but your breathing is still paced with your walking and as you're walking slowly you get to to slow it down a little bit and it kind of gives you a a metric per se that when you you come around you get to the top of that hill and you're you're just walking across the flat on the top as you're walking slower your breathing kind of naturally comes down instead of trying to force it back yeah. down. Yeah. And well, so uh, that's worked for me. But and that's, if that's something people want to try out, that's, you know. Something you might find when you're uh, doing this training, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those breathing things I've done, um, there's a box breath thing that I've, mm-hmm. I've heard it called a box breath yep. where, where you breathe in, it, you take a full breath, in, but take four seconds or something like that to take that full breath. Hold it for four seconds. Take four seconds to breathe yes. it out. Oh. Hold breath out for four seconds. Yes. And doing that same thing. Kind of like you're doing thing. the 10, 20, yes. or 10, 30, or yes. whatever you do, 10, 40, yep. or 20, 40, like you're doing now. Kind of like that. It does the same thing. It controls your heart rate. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, being able to yes. do that, either, even just to get your heart rate under control, yeah. Yeah. holding your breath, you, even if you haven't practiced any of this, and you had to run, and you need to 
have get get yourself under control quickly to take a shot or something, just holding your breath a little bit as you breathe it in and just trying to slow your breathing down and make yeah. more efficient use of the breaths you can get right. will right. help tremendously. Right. But I, I have done both of those things that you guys just mentioned, and I've used them both with great effectiveness. Mm-hmm. While you're doing all this, go for it. Okay. While you're doing all this, while you're getting sore, right? Because you're going to get sore. Of yeah. course, you're training. Stealthy Hunter has yes. turmeric and CPD yes. for your aching joints. Yeah. I have been and using and a plethora that. of other things. Yes. yes. Protein powder yep. and turmeric that helps greatly with your joints mm-hmm. and your muscle recovery. And CBD for your aches and pains. Yeah. And, and you can carry uh, your rifle in your right or left hand while you're hiking with the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. I mean, as long yeah. as you're not walking down the street of the city. <laughs> 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 right. But if you're on your sheep hunt and you're up in the rocks and you've yeah. got your rifle on your backpack and you take a spill, when your rifle contacts the rocks, it's going to be a whole lot better off with the Stealthy Hunter rifle yes. cover covering right. it and protecting it. And Cover, when you covers sit the down action. the glass, you yes. can sit on their glassing pad. Yeah. Yes. And yes. when you take that spill and you scuff yourself, they have a uh, medical kit. The Backcountry yeah. Medical Kit. And yeah. it's super light, only 14 ounces, yep. and uh, got what you need in there to pat yourself up, major or minor injuries. And keep on going. So talk about how our great listeners can get a hold of these products. Well, there's two ways you can get there. My favorite way is to first go to the northernhunter.com mm-hmm. and click on the banner that says Stealthy Hunter, and there's a bunch of their products. And right there displayed in, I believe I even have it in red, it says... Use discount code the Northern Hunter. No All caps, no case. spaces. Yep. Yep. And uh, and you click on that banner, and it'll take you to their website. Mm-hmm. And then you can go to the shop, and mm-hmm. you can add to cart the turmeric, add to cart everything that you think you might need for your hunt. Yep. Yeah. And uh, type in the Northern Hunter. You'll get a discount. It'll help us out. Yeah. And uh, which, by the way, running a good quality podcast costs a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, we're all uh, twitching over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you like it. Yeah. And well. uh, also, on that sheep hunt, when you kill your sheep, or when you kill your moose, or when you kill your bear, bear baiting this season, you got to have a high quality knife to take it do. apart with. Yeah. And if you go to Yukon River Knives and use code the Northern Hunter, yes. yeah. as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, you and. Can- uh, also, and, and, on your rifle that's got the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover on it, the sling should be a Yukon River yeah, knife it uh, should. sling with the uh, with the knife in with, the in the sh- in the sheath yeah. on the. It's it's great. It's an awesome picture. It's right on the front of the shoulder. Yeah. So if your rifle's over your shoulder, you need to grab the knife. You can just reach up and slide it out. And, and you know when you have your your Stealthy Hunter rifle cover mm-hmm. and your your go anywhere knife and and you you've got all these things. Yep. What are you going to be taking into the bear bait to to go after those bears? I'm probably gonna first thing I'm gonna go. I'm going to add to the list because I just love it. Is the blueberry spray mm. from who? From Beta 907. There you go. Beta 907, baby. <laughs> Born in Alaska for Alaskans and anyone who bear baits. Yeah. So go shop at Beta 907 and get your nasty boar yeah. before they sell out. Yeah. And, and your yeah, burns. Bring, bring in your bears this spring. It's right around the corner. Then, of course, shop Yukon River Knives to take your bear apart with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like we said earlier in the show, Yukon River Knives, Batum 907, and Stealthy Hunter are all great companies that we are happy to work with. Run by great people. Yep. Yes. Very down-to-earth folks. Um, they know what they've got, and they make high-quality products, and uh, we would appreciate it if you guys would shop from them. Of course, from Yukon River and Stealthy using the discount code, the Northern Hunter. 
Yep. We would appreciate that. And uh, I think that's all I've got for this week, man. All right. No final thoughts, Mo? I got one final thing. This going to be Mo's bonus segment this oh, week. Oh, man. We're going to well, have like a little jingle for Mo's after, bonus after, segment. We do. <laughs> after I mentioned that uh, I couldn't get the app to work, I decided to grab my, pull my phone out with the mm-hmm. this big Which app? open screen. Which app? The ADFG. Oh, Alaska yeah. Alaska Department yep. of Fishing Game app. And the problem I'd had is you got to sign into your like Alaska account or something yep. to use it. And it wouldn't work. Every time I'd click on any of the different options it gave me for sign-in, it said no server unavailable, all that kind of nonsense. And I tried it, had tried it several times. Well, thinking about it now, I just tried it and it works. So hopefully they fixed some <laughs> of the issues they had. And actually, I think this is really cool. We talked about how you can have like a picture of your license on your phone. And yeah. also part of that law, that's a new law that you can do that. Yep. Um, and part of that is that you can have it in the app. And oh, like nice. Just logging into the mm. My Alaska, which is yeah. connected to, to my hunting license and all that. Up came my current uh, hunting yeah. license That's and great. all that kind of stuff. Boom, it pops up, tells me what I have. I believe you can even purchase some of your tags and stuff through well, here. Well, it's it's supposed to show like all the tags and if you drew a tag, it'll be in there. If you got a registration tag, it so should be in there. So it's not showing but that right now. Mine doesn't either. I think that's something they're working they're on. Because we didn't draw anything this year. Well, <laughs> but I imagine it should have your harvest tickets in here, yeah. right? It right? should, yeah. but mine, mine hasn't had that Any feature. Active so tickets, yeah. that may have a lot to do with just you know, how we purchase them or something like right. that or purchase them before the app came out. I don't know how all that works, but yeah, there's a thing for regulations. I have a question for you, James, concerning sure. this. Is this downloaded regulations? Can I access these offline on yes, this app? Yes, you can download, or you can access those offline. Okay. That does okay. not require. I clicked on one and it took a while to load and maybe mm-hmm. just because it was the first time. Yeah. But and, I was, and one thing I like is the way that they break it down because you yeah. don't have to scroll through the whole regs. You can go directly to unit 20, directly to unit Well, unit 12, 20 is like on, to, around page 100 i just go there <laughs> well right but you don't even have to do that for yeah, those. I know, I and know. it also has like special units for bear or special regulations for bears special reg, you know general use things like that it, it breaks it it breaks the regs book down into sections and you can just jump right to where you need to go yep. so cool you like it i do like it it looks pretty sweet i'm glad i kind of finally got it working all right they, they have a map in here is this map worth anything yeah it's not okay no i wouldn't use it but all right guys well if you like the show make sure to uh give us a rating like mo was talking about earlier like the show on whatever platform you're listening to it on and share it with your friends man get get this out to as many people as you can we're we're trying to help people and and we're having a lot of fun along the way so if you have any ideas for future content for the show we'd love to help let uh, us know continue our educational style we've got a lot of feedback about folks that have learned a lot of things on the show yeah so if you have something that you want to learn about specific to alaska or just things that you want to hear more about personally that's mm-hmm. fine, too. Write yeah. us in at thenorthernhunter.com. Click our contact button. It's right there and, at the top. Uh, email us, and we would be happy to get back with you. Yep. Email is info at thenorthernhunter.com. Or, yeah, at thenorthernhunter.com. Yep. You can also hit us up on any of our socials. If you search at the Northern Hunter on Facebook or Instagram, you will get us directly. And so. Like I said, if, 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 it's a good, if it's a good question that we feel we have a lot of, a lot of things to offer, I'll turn it into an episode. Absolutely. So. It's all about educating and providing quality information about hunting in Alaska. And anywhere that you can apply this information. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, it's actually funny. I had a uh, somebody I talked to about, um, I said, hey, man, you like the podcast? Talk to me about it. Yeah, yeah, man, I like it. And I said, hey, if you have any questions, any thoughts mm-hmm. that we could talk about, like, tech, you got my number, text me, let me know, right? Yeah. We're looking for that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And last, I saw him a little while ago, and he was like, man, every time I've got a question or someone's going to text you about it, you talk about 
talk about it on the podcast. It's <laughs> like, well, great, but well, we well, cover and, too much, <laughs> and that's that's part of it. You know, it, we're trying to help people to get out in the woods more to be more successful, mm-hmm. and so the more that you tell us your what you're looking to learn, yeah. that just helps us achieve our mission. So yeah, right. we really appreciate every, everything we hear and, and we try to get to it all. And don't worry, if you don't have anything that you want to hear about in particular and uh, you don't write <laughs> us in, we're still going to have plenty of stuff to talk about. about. <laughs> yep. Alaska's a big state and there's a lot yeah. of stuff to cover. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, till next time, get out there, get after it, and good luck. We'll see you next year. Shoot or big guns, week. kill big bears. Yeah. Have a good one. Thank you.